Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Hello and welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm not Tom Brenneman. I never have been and don't anticipate I ever will be. Instead, I'm the grilled cheese you order at the restaurant because they're out of your four favorite meals. It's going to be a tough one for me today. But on the show today, we will have Nick Kirby, the Jedi Knight of Reds fandom, whose smug smile only rivals my own. I'm sure he'll have some fun things to say. He'll be on at 10.15 to talk about the final day of the deadline and the additives that the Reds have already made in the short left-hander from the Oakland Athletics, Sam Mole. At 11.30, I will have an existential crisis with Tracy Jones, who has been my moral compass as of late. I'll ask him the big questions of life, like, does God hate me? What is the purpose of all this? And the big one, why do the Cubs refuse to give me happiness? In the lounge chair, who has come locked and loaded with 50 scathing remarks, I'm sure, is the pride of Elder High, Elliot Rearing. At the producer's chairs is handsome blonde boy, Paul Fritchner, and less blonde, but even more <laughs> handsome, Casey McAllister, or as I like to call him, Cece. Um, we have two hours of shows locked and loaded, so let's dive in. The Reds beat the Cubs 6-5 to five in Wrigley Field last night, scoring all six runs in the first three frames in four games at Wrigley Field this year. The Reds have yet to lose. All six runs were surrendered by Cubs ace. Marcus Stroman, who entered the month of July with a 2.47 ERA, which is just 300th, yes, 300th of a point off of the lead in the entire Major League Baseball. Since then, his ERA has ballooned a full run and a half as he has surrendered 27 runs and 26 and two-thirds innings, over a nine ERA over his last six starts. The Reds mustered four consecutive hits with two outs in the second, started by Mr. Joey Votto and capped off by a two-run double by the pride of Cuffcath, Luke Maley, who was playing his first game at Wrigley Field for the first time in his eight-year career. I thought that was pretty interesting. They hung another three runs on the rustic scoreboard out in Wrigley Field thanks to a pair of walks and timely hits by Jake Fraley and once again Joey Votto. Those six runs were enough to get the win. Andrew Abbott had the shortest outing of his career, getting ran off in the fourth inning after surrendering four runs. He was bailed out by an incredible performance by six pitchers out of the Reds' bullpen. Yes, six. They combined to throw the final five and two-thirds innings of scoreless baseball, of course, which was capped off by dominant Alexis Diaz getting his league-leading 30-second save. The Reds are now 10 games over 500. They lead the Central by one and a half games, thanks to Pauly's Nats beating Milwaukee. The buying Cubs are now once again 505 out from the division. And, of course, the Brewers lose their fourth in a row. Though the Reds are in first, both the Cubs and the Brewers made big splashes in the trade market yesterday. The Brewers got Mark Cana from the Mets, who was uh, Oakland athletic in the purest sense of the term of, you look at his stats, nothing wows you, but he's still got about that 35% on base percentage. The Cubs have a reunion with Jamer Candelario, who fills the gaping hole at third base for the lovable losers. The Cubs also add Jose Quas to add depth to their bullpen. Yesterday, during our discussion about potential names that the Reds could add, I asked Elliot Point Blake, if he will have heard of the reliever that the Reds would presumably trade for, he unequivocally said yes. I also threw in a jab and asked if it would just be some random Kansas City Royal reliever. Well, that was the Cubs that got the random Kansas City Royal reliever. And the Reds got a guy from Oakland. Now, Elliot, have you heard of Sam Mole before yesterday? Of course I have. This is a world-renowned pitcher. This is a world-class pitcher in Major League Baseball. 
I love Sam Mole. I said yesterday all I wanted, all I wanted on my Christmas list was a left-handed reliever. Nick Crawl, he went out and he found me one. Do I know this guy? Nope. But the good news is he's going to come in. He's going to help Alex Young. Red's bullpen is better than ever right now. He's very good against lefties. He walks a lot of guys. Not very good against righties, but he won't be facing righties, so we're good. He's Red's a short, good. he's a short fellow, which which uh, he's short king, short king summer. He's like five eight, which yeah. was surprised me. I didn't know. Besides Marcus Stroman, there were pitchers in Major League Baseball that have that stature. Yeah, people. Yeah, there's short people that play baseball. Jose <laughs> Altuve is one of them. Well, not a pitcher. Well, it's true. Not not many pitchers. Not many pitchers. I the, I'm trying to remember uh, a, a, an obscure red. I'm trying to think. Was Dilson Herrera small? I'm trying to think of guys. Daniel Ray Herrera was small. Daniel Ray Herrera was a pitcher, and he was very small. Now, he threw 72-mile-per-hour fastballs. But I love our chances with Sam Mole. I love him. We'll get into Daniel Sam. Duarte is gone. See you, Daniel Duarte. <laughs> we'll talk about Sam Mole just in a little bit. A mystery team has been linked to Justin Verlander. That's according to John Heyman. He threw out the two most obvious landing spots for old Verlander, which are the Dodgers and the Astros. Could this mystery team be the Cincinnati Reds? Now, we've heard that they are in on it for a little while now, but just the, the thought that John Heyman's like, hey, there's a, there's a team you might not be thinking about. Man, wouldn't that be something if Justin Verlander, and we'll ask Nick Kirby about that. Um, quickly around the world, there, the women's team ties Portugal in the World Cup. The women advance to the round of 16. They await their opponent. They'll play Saturday at or Sunday at 5 a.m., and there were a slew of trades in the league. We're going to talk about the trade deadline pretty much all show. We promise we will talk about football sometime this week, but it won't be today considering the trade deadline is today. At 6 p.m., we'll be talking exclusively about the, the division rival in the Cubs and what the Reds might add or lose here in the final few hours. Guys, Ellie, you were talking a lot of crud when it was 6-1 uh, to one yesterday, yesterday, and it turned out to be okay. But it was very early for, for you to be sending all those texts about the... No, I, every text I sent had merit. I said Marcus Stroman was a bum. And then I said, well, I don't know what else I said, but I basically just said that the Cubs are a joke and everything that they do in Chicago is disgusting. I, I didn't jinx anything. I didn't come out jinxing Jinxes anything. don't exist, so you can't jinx anything. That's right. That's right. No, I, no I, I was confident from the very beginning. The Reds had a 6-1 lead. It was over. It was over. That game was over in the second inning. And it was. You, it was. That's all. It, six it was. Are all they needed. It was. So I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to try to be as respectful as I can. Listen, look. Reed comes in today, and it's the saddest I've ever seen a guy. He comes in. He's crying. He's moping around. He's just laying on the ground in the studio in the hold hard, hold, cold, hard cement. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. The Cubs stink. They're ace. Marcus Stroman threw a dud. One of the worst pitching performances I've ever seen personally. Should have traded him. Probably yeah, yeah. Probably should have traded him. Yeah. Too late now. Nobody wants his garbage. But, you know, I feel bad for Reed. Reed's, Reed's being a trooper right now. He's hosting this show. His favorite team lost to the good team in the city. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't need pity. I don't need pity. That's not what I want up here today. But it is funny. You know, you mentioned Marcus Stroman. I've been on the bandwagon for the Cubs that they should have traded Marcus Stroman. Not, not because I thought they should have been sellers at the deadlines. I just think that Marcus Stroman, over his last six starts, has been washed. The dude had... The third lowest ERA in the league at the beginning of July. He now has a higher ERA than he's had in his entire career. 
in one month's time. That's how bad he's been in the month of July. A nine ERA. That is Dreamweaver-esque, but worse. <coughs> and they don't even win when he pitches. So it is it is what it is. It is what it is. Guys, how are you over there? Paul, you almost stayed up for the soccer game? I did. I was kicking it around, so I was I was a little late this morning. I uh my alarm my I lost the battle to my alarm this morning, and I'm telling you what, I don't know if I'd be sitting here if I had stayed up for that soccer game. So I uh yeah, I, I, I was kicking it around. It was about 2.10 last night. I just couldn't fall asleep. I thought, do I want to just go downstairs and bite the bullet and pull an all-nighter? I'm glad I didn't. Scoreless draw, would have that would have killed me. I would have been a, I would have been a corpse today. But uh, I was riding a high, Reed, after, after the Reds just took care of those cubbies. Yeah, that, that uh, song you sang, or the song you sang. Oh, the Nuts you, About the Nats, baby. Nuts About the Nats. The craziest thing about that song is it, it has a very – a very evident vibe to like the Bengals growl or something like that it has been around for 30, 40 years or some of these old timey songs that teams get associated with. The Washington Nationals have been a team for less than 20 years. So this song very much came out post boy bands and all the things. They may the not have had a stadium yet when this song came out. So this it was still an RFK stadium. It may have still been an RFK stadium. It's this little jingle. I tweeted it out last night. If you don't know what I'm talking about or if you're listening on podcast, it's this cr stupid little jingle, and I've been singing it for years. It's a it's a Nats fan song, and somewhere deep on the webs, I got to go back and try and find it somewhere. Somewhere there's a video of me dancing to that when the when the Nats win the World Series, and it's ridiculous. But yeah, it's a great song, and uh, I was singing it in my basement. We had some fun on Chatterbox Reds in the chat last night. Uh, it was a great time. I had a I had a very enjoyable evening sitting out on the back porch, watching the Reds. Just hoping you were okay, Reed. But not I, too okay. I put my phone away. You know, I like to talk shit with the best of them. I really do. But I get a little too close to the flame when it when it comes to the Cubs because they mean too much to me. So, like, I just had to put my phone away regardless of, of win or lose. I mean, if they were winning, I probably would have grabbed it around the fifth inning and, and started firing off some things. But you just got to put it away. Paul sends the text and says, uh, Reed, I know Reed's just lurking over the YouTube chat for Chatterbox <laughs> Reds last night. I was not at the time, but I, I tuned in, gave my one comment, and then and then popped right out of there before it got too hasty. But here's the thing. When your team gets down, especially like last night, where it's six to one real early, and the group chat's just firing away, and you're backed into a corner, you're doing the Jon Snow, and you're just sitting there thinking to yourself, What's the play here? How do I handle this? You're just hoping you're screenshotting everything. You're bookmarking everything on Twitter, and you're just hoping that in about two hours, the offense has come alive and you can go back and send everything out on Twitter. That just didn't happen last night, but I know what was going through your brain. It's funny because when you, when people are, oh, hey, Kirby. Um, <laughs> when, when people are, you know, texting you, memeing you, you know, tweeting you, all this, or zeeting you, all these things, if it was the Bengals, I would stick right back. I love the Bengals to death. But not as much as I love the like the Cubs are just a little too close to the flame where like it, it hurts it hurts when they lose and they play 162 times and they lose quite a bit and it hurts every time it happens so it, it it's just one of those things where you almost don't even have the energy to 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 fire off because you're just like God this is just gonna continue this this despair of back and forth back and forth where it's not even fun but I digress it looks like Kirby's ready to go yep he's yep. ready. <laughs> Kirby, we almost saw you there for a split second. Hey, I gotta get my headphones here. I don't even know where they're Hold at. On. But uh, how you doing? How you doing? I was I was looking forward to your wry smile. Reed, I'm I'm doing well. When I saw that you were hosting the show, I was just so excited. 
to see your face on this lovely Tuesday morning. When you stick your dogs on, on, on X.com on me, is that the same smile that, that, that you have every time you do it? 100%. I love it. I love it. All right, let's get into to yesterday's game. And like you and, and you mentioned that I'm hosting the show. I, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna hide from it. I ain't gonna hide from it. I'll stand tall. Um, the Reds win game one against the Cubs. It felt like to me as a Cubs fan, this kind of seemed like a number one contender match and where like, you know, we're we're where the Cubs are trying to show that they can play with the big dogs and, and the Brewers and the Reds. But the Reds obviously gain a game over the over the Cubs, winning six to five, getting all the runs in the in the first three innings, how important it was for the Reds to give themselves a little breathing room because not only did they beat the Cubs, but also the Brewers lost. Yeah, I mean, I think it was huge to get the, the first win of this series, um, you know, kind of slow down the Cubs' momentum that they had coming in. Obviously, you're not going to expect the Nationals to win a lot more against the Brewers. I mean, sure, it's possible. Sure. You never know. Anything can happen in baseball. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, when you can – gain the game on the on the brewers it, it's a i think a big deal yeah we uh we talked a lot about the reds and and, and needing sometimes the starters to go a little deeper because it seemed like earlier in the year that this bullpen which has been fantastic this year was seemingly tired and, and the the arms have the starters have gone deeper recently i think it's what they have had the third best era since the all-star break from starting pitchers but here in an important four game series against the the cubs the Reds use six arms out of the bullpen. Do you think that that's going to come into play later in this series? Yeah, I mean, possibly. Uh, I mean, the obviously the Reds are going to get Sam Mole uh, either today or tomorrow, so they'll have an extra reliever. Um, the Reds have kind of done a pretty good job of shuffling relievers in and out um, yeah. to kind of keep themselves fresh at times. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, when you have a chance to, to get a win – I mean, I don't think you want to get cute. You want to take those wins when you can because you never know. I mean, the next day, you know, the Cubs may have a five-run first inning and you're never in a game. So I, I think you got to take those wins when you can. Yeah, do you think it's important for, for Lively to go a little deeper tonight? Or, like, he, he has to go at least five, right? You can't, be, you can't go six arms in, in, in tonight's game as well. Yeah, he's actually done a pretty good job of, of going deep into games, which is <laughs> – really surprising if you had expected Ben Lively to kind of be your one of your rocks uh coming into this year I think I said it a while back I'm not even sure I knew he was on the the Reds in the Reds system on opening day um that's just <laughs> kind of how out of the the blue this guy's season's been and he's really been fantastic this year yes um the final question I have about this series before we get into the trade rumors, which is the real reason that, that we brought you on because the trade deadline is tonight at 6 p.m. I think it was uh, Bryce Spalding that tweeted out about CES, and CES has uh, struggled a little bit since he came up. That was, what, middle of July? It was it was Chatterbox Reds night was his debut. Um, through his debut, he's had two extra base hits, the first being his first hit, that home run, and then last night he had the double. Uh, Bryce Spalding was talking about how this might be a potentially big series for for CES and the fact that, you know, the Cubs pitching staff is centered around, you know, inducing weak contact and just having a lot of strikes to pitch or to swing at for CES. Do you, do you think there's any merit that this might be a breakout series for, for Encarnacion Strand? Yeah, it's possible. I think that, um, you know, Jonathan India going on the aisle could almost be a benefit to CES because he kind of came up and he was kind of thrown into this rotation and it's really like, hey, you have to produce because there's a there's a really good player sitting on the bench every single day. 
So I think that could actually maybe work into to CES's favor. Uh, we knew when, when CES came up, he, he's got some of the swing and miss in his game. Um, so he's, he's maybe going to be a, a player that, that unlike guys like Matt McClain, it might take him a little bit longer to, to get his feet wet. And I mean, to be honest, the Reds were kind of due for, um, a rookie to struggle a little bit out of the gates. Mm-hmm. I don't think CES has been terrible by any, by any means, but it, what Matt McClain and Spencer Steer and Ellie De La Cruz has done is, it is not normal, and we shouldn't expect that for every single rookie that comes up the rest of the way. Yeah, the one thing about CES that I've noticed is he, it, even even through his you know early struggle, and, and like you said, he hasn't been terrible. It's not like he's going up there and he looks loose, and that's mainly because when he is in the box, he still looks a little bit comfortable up there. He looks more comfortable than a rookie that's that's not playing up to probably where he's played his entire career in the minors and stuff like that. He still looks comfortable in the box. All right, not many Oakland Athletic watchers in here, as you, I assume you could imagine. What can you tell us about the lefty that they got Sam Mole? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a nice get. You know, he didn't give up a ton. Obviously, Joe Boyle's a guy that has some potential, but um, a guy that it was probably a long shot of, of him to not just making the big leagues, but being a successful reliever, you know, back-to-back seasons with uh, walk rates above eight walks per nine innings. Um, Maul's a guy that's pitching really, really well of late uh, since May 24th. Uh, he's got a 3.80 ERA, but some of the, like the, the expected numbers, like like fielding and pitching is a lot better. 2.11 FIP, striking out over 13 batters per nine. He's really started limiting the walks. That was a big issue early in the, the year. Uh, He's not going to be a guy that you're going to see come out and throw full innings very often. I think a lot of his outings with Oakland, they were like one or two or three batters max. So I think David Bell is going to try to strategically use him uh, because he's he's really, really dominant against lefties, not as much against righties. So uh, he's going to be a guy that's really going to test that, that three batter minimum. And really, it's going to be how can you maximize him? Because he can definitely get lefties out. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Reds, they, they needed another lefty. I mean, this was the biggest need for the Reds at the trade deadline, in my opinion, even more so than starters. Um, just because they've, Alex Young's been the only guy, and Alex Young isn't a, as a dominant lefty-on-lefty matchup. Uh, and, and you just saw, you saw that last series when Max Muncy hit a home run in his second at-bat against uh, Luke Weaver. If Moles on this roster, Weaver probably doesn't face Max Muncy for a, a third time in that at bat, and so just matchups like that is where I think he could really be a difference maker for the Reds. Yeah, I think uh, it was the Cowboy talking about it last night, and because Young's the only lefty that comes out of the pen currently, once you use him in a game, you you don't you don't have that in your pocket anymore. So this just gives another tool in David Bell's belt. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. I mean. And, and and Young is is probably already <laughs> pitched way more innings than I think the Reds probably envisioned coming into the year. Um, obviously, Reaver San Martin was the the other guy that that the Reds were kind of counting on to be a reliever, and he's out for the year. So I mean, I thought this was a a, a needed and necessary move for the Reds. And I know we'll get into it in a second, but I think this was the only necessary move. Everything else from this point on, if you can find it, great. If not. Standing pack could be the best option. So yeah, let's let's jump right onto that. Do you, the trade deadlines today this evening? Do you think the Reds are done? I wouldn't say they're done. I think they probably at least make some move of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, what what it is, 
I don't know in particular. If we're talking about starters, uh, there was a tweet from John Morosi uh, about 20 minutes ago saying the Reds are in the starting pitching market, but uh, they're not willing to go too far because of you know Green and Lodolo coming back. And I mean that that's kind of what I felt coming into the day. If if there's a move to be made where the, that makes sense for the Reds, where they're not giving up um, um, a ton of really good prospects. Um, then I think they'll do it. But if, if not, I think they're going to be inclined to just stay in bat and kind of see what they got here. I almost kind of feel like if the Reds do make a trade for a starter, it might be at, at 5.55 p.m. tonight. <laughs> it might be that team that has a starter. They really have to get rid of them. They haven't got what they want, and they'll be like, fine, 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 crawl. We'll, we'll take what you get. Uh, I, I kind of feel like that's what might happen if, if the Reds do make a move for a starter. So sitting around all day, you think it's going to be a, a buzzer-beater move trying to get as much leverage in the deal as, as humanly possible. You mentioned John Morosi's tweet. Uh, John Heyman threw out a tweet, and I don't think he was alluding to the Reds. Maybe he was. He just said that there was a mystery team that was um, well in the market for Justin Verlander, and then he noted also in the tweet, outside of the Dodgers or Astros who were already said to be in on it. And I know... I think in the last week, someone mentioned that the the, the Reds were, were asking the Mets about Verlander. Do you think it's viable for the Reds to get Verlander? I know you guys talked about this on Saturday. That's a big splash. Well, he has a full no-trade clause. So first, it's I guess it's, you have to start with, does Justin right, does Verlander want to come to Cincinnati? Right, I mean, right. if he doesn't want to go to Cincinnati, then there's you know nothing else beyond that. If he's willing to waive his no-trade clause in Cincinnati, based on everything Nick Kroll said... Um, based on what the the structure of the Max Scherzer deal was, if it was something similar to that for the Reds, I think it would make sense. Uh, I think the Reds might be willing to pull the trigger on on a guy like that. Obviously, Justin Verlander is just kind of a different pitcher. Like, uh, obviously, like Michael Lorenzo has been really good this year. We love Michael <laughs> Lorenzo, but Michael Lorenzo to Justin Verlander, I, I mean, you just use your noggin. There's there's quite a big difference there mm -hmm, in, in mm -hmm. terms of you know. You could put Justin Verlander out in game one of a playoff series, and he could win you a game on his own. Um, so, again, if he's willing to waive his no trade, I don't know why the Reds wouldn't go aggressively after him. Uh, the other team that I've seen linked a lot is the Houston Astros. They don't have a single top 100 prospect. So the Reds clearly could uh, out-prospect the, the mm -hmm. Astros. Um, but is Verlander willing to eat some Skyline chili? Yeah. That's that's a big question. You know, it's a it's a big uh, pull. And you mentioned uh, Lorenzen and, and Verlander. No offense to Michael Lorenzen, but his plaque's not going to be in Cooperstown someday like Justin Verlander. So it adds a little more panache to it when you have Justin Verlander pitching game one of a playoff series as opposed to a Michael Lorenzen. Um, are there any other names that you think the, the Reds, that you've either seen them link to or that you think would be a good fit here in Cincinnati? Whether it be a bat, whether it be an arm, are there any other names? Well, Eduardo Rodriguez from the, the Tigers, I, I've seen him linked. Um, I think he would make a lot of sense having a really good year for the Tigers. He's got a really weird contract where he can opt out at the end of the year, which makes it maybe a little bit more interesting. Um, that would be one of the names that I think I could see the Reds maybe reaching a little bit more, right? I, I could see them maybe giving up something of, of real value too because I think he could be a, a, a difference maker. Uh, I wouldn't put it past, though, the Reds to kind of zig whenever I expect them to zag and go mm -hmm. out and get a bat. Right. I, I, I wouldn't – I don't think that's – especially if there's someone that 
um, you know, Nick Kroll would view as a really good deal as a, as a substantial upgrade. I don't think that the Reds would be completely against doing something like that, which which I think does make today uh, interesting. I could see it going like five different ways. I could see the Reds doing absolutely nothing the rest of the day, or I could see the Reds kind of wheeling and dealing all day. Uh, the trade deadline is just it's, – it's weird. It, it feels – does it feel to you, Reed, like it's eerily quiet right now? Uh, yesterday, well, the past few days were a little explosive. But, yeah, today's today's pretty quiet. You know, a lot of moves, a lot of names have been taken off in, in previous days. But it is eerily quiet. But this is how it happens every year. Right around yeah. 2, 3 p.m., your phone will start blowing up. And, and all the, the baseball writers across America are just constantly refreshing X.com and, and sending out the tweets, calling everybody they know, getting all the news out. So the Reds... I will, if I had to put an over-under on names that the Reds will be linked to today, if I gave you three and a half for different names, Reds are said to be in on this player, would you take the over or the under? Just linked to? Yeah, not not saying that they trade, just saying like Reds are in on this person, Reds are in on this person. Three and a half. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. I, I think there's there's so many people out there and, and so many people trying to get clout. And yeah, they'll, they'll be, they'll, right. there'll be quite a few, I think. Easy over. When you say uh, you, you wouldn't be surprised if the Reds zag and get a bat, are you talking about a platoon guy? I assume you're talking about an outfitter, considering the, the infield's already already pretty pretty uh, sewed up. We talking about an outfitter? We talking about an everyday player? We talking about a platoon guy? I would almost think an everyday player because I don't I don't really feel like any of the Reds platoon matchups are necessarily weak. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like Sinzel, Newman, Fairchild are all pretty solid. You know, bats against uh, left-handed pitchers. Uh, I, I don't see there a player out there that that would be in a platoon role that would be a huge upgrade. Um, I, I honestly, I, I haven't really looked at the 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 names market for hitters just because that sure. hasn't been a, a big area concern. But Nick Crawls had some comments yesterday, and, and you always take a general manager's comments this week with a very very large grain of salt. But the fact that he put it out there that. We're looking for anything that helps our team upgrade, and he specifically said hitters. I was kind of like, oh, okay. That 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 kind of threw me for a loop. Maybe it's just, you know, him just, you know, doing normal general manager speak this time of year. But it definitely made me kind of go, okay, uh, let's 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 see what happens here on uh, Tuesday. So if 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 they're going to go after an everyday player, if they're going to get an upgrade, it's fair to assume that the guys that are in the lineup every day the, or the the guys that we've come accustomed to, the Jake Fraley's, TJ Friedel's, these names, is it fair to assume that if they do upgrade, these names are going to be gone or at least a part of the trade? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Um, I guess, number one, we'd have to know how serious is Jonathan India's injury? How long do the Reds think he's going to be out? Because I haven't really seen a, a definitive timetable on that. Obviously, Spencer Steer's playing second base right now. So, and, and Spencer Sears is a guy that, that you could move all over the diamond, right? So, yeah. if you could find a third baseman or a second baseman, you could, you know, move Ellie and McLean around either however you want to work that. Um, you could bring someone in if there's a, a big bat available that becomes available in the market. Um, you could move Spencer Steer to um, first base, the outfield. You could kind of just, you know, everyone just pushes themselves back a role. Um Again, I'm not saying this is a likely scenario by any means. Right, I'm just right. saying I think it is a possibility if there's a, a, a real substantial offensive upgrade 
that becomes on the market, the Reds say, hey, we can go get, and this could really, really help our team. Uh, and, and I think that I don't think they're going to be looking for a two-month rental player by any by any means. I think they'd be looking for you know someone with a couple years of control left. Okay. So you you mentioned just Jonathan India being out. Spencer Steer gets the the start at second base yesterday. I think it was Sadak or maybe it was uh, the Cowboy talking about how. Spencer Steer actually likes playing second base. You know, he's a guy who I don't think is going to shun any any position as we've seen in his career. He'll go out there. David Bell makes the lineup, and it seems like the last thing he puts in there is the the position right next to Spencer Steer's name. Do you like the infield with Ellie and McLean over on the left side, Spencer Steer playing second base? Do you think that this is a viable long-term, or do you think it's just a, a plug-and-play because India's out right now and Novell Marte is 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 the future, stuff like that? Or or do you like this lineup, how it's, how it's currently set up, or at least was yesterday? I 100% think the future is Noel V. Marte at third base, Ellie De La Cruz at shortstop, Matt McLean at second base. But I, I think as a uh, short-term fix, this might be the best lineup. Um, Spencer Steer... His defensive numbers at third base and first base, um, looking at like stat cast outs above average, are not good. Now it's a very very small sample, and the guys played multiple positions. So I don't want to I don't want to be like this guy's a terrible defender at third base because he hasn't enough time to prove it. But there's definitely I think a a path where putting him at second base this year, while India's out, gives you the best defensive lineup in the short term. Um, and if he's most comfortable there. Ellie's look great at third base. McLean's look great at shortstop. Uh, why not? I, I don't know what it could possibly hurt. Yeah, I really liked He made a really nice play out there, uh, tagging, turning that double play early in the ball game. Now, the final thing I'll say before I let you get off, out of all the guest hosts that you have on Chatterbox Reds, you got to do something. You cannot let Elliot get on the show anymore. He's, I, it's, he's the worst guest you got. Wow. Shots fired at 10.30 a.m. He had about fifty. Nick, shots. are we not? Nick, are we not going to defend me? Or are you just going to sit there, Nick? No, no, no defense. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of shell shocked. I thought that you guys were like best friends. I, uh, uh, I don't, no, I Nick, don't understand. Reed, I don't, Reed I don't, I don't know. I don't know how anyone could hate the zebra. That's why I'm just, I'm in a state of shock here. I mean, I guess, I guess if it's Reed Mouse hating the zebra, I mean, he's a, he's a certified grade A hater. So, I mean, Thank you, I Nick. guess it tracks. Thank you, Nick. Nick, Reed is just in a bad mood because his Cubs are a joke and they bought at the deadline when the team's objectively disgusting. So congratulations on beating the Cardinals a couple times in the White Sox to force you to go out and buy the deadline, Reed. I hope you're happy. Kirby, I think it's uh, a, go ahead, Kirbs. It, it, I mean, it's a tough scene. You make a big trade and then your all-star pitcher just gets absolutely shelled at home. I mean, that's that's a tough look. Listen, I was on the, the trade Stroman bandwagon pretty much since the All-Star break because I, I, I attest that I thought that the, the Cubs could win the division without Marcus Stroman. I didn't think they could win the division without Cody Bellinger, and I think there's an avenue to extend Cody Bellinger. I think he's a long-term viable option for the Chicago Cubs team. Marcus Stroman will, will not be on the Chicago Cubs next year. Well... I guess, it is a, I guess it is an option, so maybe he'll stay with it if he continues to pitch bad. Maybe he will. I don't know. But it just did not seem like it, it, you got to trade value when it's at its peak. The Marcus Stroman thing is bad. It's all right. Our real ace pitches tonight. So good luck to Ben Lively and the Cincinnati Reds against Justin Steele, the man of steel.
Well, the price is definitely going down for Strowman. So, I mean, you got that going for you. That's true, I, I do want to ask you, though. I do want to ask you, though, Reed. Yeah. I, I look at the run differential, and I see Cubs plus 56. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the Reds only plus four. I see the Brewers minus 16. I want to ask you, do you take any blame for this, for some of your antics back in March? No, I don't think that jinxes exist. I do think that God hates the Cubs fans. I think it, I think there's something. Well, he should. It just we're just a miserable, miserable bunch. I like I said, I wish that I could I could spar today. I wish I could just just have the witty comebacks back and forth. But I'm down bad right now. I'm down very bad. When you like a team that everyone in your life hates, and you're <laughs> when you like a team that everyone in your life hates. <laughs> And that they consistently let you down, and you, you you hold so much of your personality based on one team, and they just every time they they play the team that your your friends, family, your coworkers love, and they lose, lost four times at home to the Cincinnati Reds. It's tough. I mean, I just I don't have any energy to spar today, so I, I apologize for for not bringing my best. I'm pos- I apologize for not being my trolling self, but I appreciate having you on today, Curbs. Hey, I appreciate you having me as always. Better days coming, Reed. We're not. Yeah, probably. Not. <laughs> probably. <laughs> see, see it, Curbs. I'll just go wallow in self-pity. And I was kidding about the Elliot thing, as everyone knows. No, he wasn't. He's me. No. <laughs> Don't back down. No, I was. I, I love when Elliot's on this show. See it, Curbs. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> see you later, fellas. I did. I didn't mean it, Elliot. I really you did. Mm. Yeah, you did. I could have worded it I different. tweeted last night that I was going to try to be nice today. Well, now it's off. Now it's off. The first thing you said today is how terrible the Cubs are. Well, that's that's a just sport. that's just sports. That's just sports. Can we not have a sports debate? Can we not? I mean, you're you're taking personal shots at my character. We can't have that. I'm sorry. No, it's too late for that. I apologize. It's too late for that. Something something broke inside Cubs fans' brains a long time ago, where they lost 200 straight years. And then they won one World Series, and Reed comes in here and he thinks he can have a tuft of hair. He thinks he can wear short shorts. He thinks he's better than everybody. No, I no, I, I reject your apology. I reject it. Thank you. I reject it. And the Thank Cubs you. are bums. They are bums. I'm t- I'm telling you. Don't Mark. lean into it. No, into I'm, it. I'm over it. Don't lean into it. Listen. He's throwing it back at you. I'm just agreeing with you guys. Mm. The Cubs suck. Uh oh. And I'm beaten down bad. Like I said. I, I wish I could spar today. I wish I could do this back and forth. I wish I was more fun than I'm currently being. But I'm, I am I got nothing left to give. My poor little heart. My achy little heart it just hurts too bad right now. Mm. My poor wife, my poor dogs were just hearing me scream at the t- television yesterday as Luke Maley just ri- – I mean, Luke Maley hits a ball hard for the first time in his baseball career. It's not in, true. In the left center field. Well, all with two out, All this stuff with two outs, and then they come out and – Marcus Stroman forgets how to pitch. Ah, golly. The mailman just delivered your L. He did. How do you feel about that? He did. It's going to be fun when tomorrow's a, a rubber a rubber match for game three of four. Yeah, so. Because Justin Seale and so the Cubs are going to win tonight. We mentioned it yesterday. Reed and I will be going to Chicago. We will be in the, we will be in the stadium, in Wrigley Field. And we will be witnessing that game. I want to ask you this, Reed. Jake Fraley missed a ball last night in the outfield. Yep. Misplayed it. But it's because. Wrigley Field in Chicago thought it was okay. Instead of having padding out there, they just taped a bunch of leaves to a brick wall. Did you so, rewatch that play? Because because the cowboy so, was the cowboy was talking about how he got tangled up into the leaves. Then they showed the replay, 
And it looked like he like barely even touched the leaves. Well, it's because he's afraid to touch him because he knows there's a brick cement wall back there. I mean, it's tough to it's tough to feel balls when you when you're afraid of just getting hit by bricks. Are you talking bad about the federal landmark? We're gonna be out there tomorrow night, sitting in the outfield cheering. I'm gonna everybody. steal a leaf. I'm gonna steal one of them. I'm gonna steal a vine. How from Wrigley Field? I'm how early? Steal it. How early do you think we have to get there to get in the front seat, front row? Oh, it would be ungodly. It would be. Are the bleachers general admission? Oh yeah. You'd have to get there. We'd have to get there at three. Well, I mean, they open ninety minutes before, so you're saying like just just show up in the the outfield bleachers. Yeah. Come on. You game. I listen. I'm listen. I'm ready to roll. If we're gonna go in the bleachers, and I'm gonna be with all these Cubs weirdos, I'm wearing reds reds attire. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what these people will do to me. They'll hurt me probably, but. Yeah, we'll see what your people do. We'll see how they react when the Reds win again. I mean, could you imagine just winning three in a row in Wrigley, the Reds? Five. And you just cry? It'd be five. Oh. I don't just talk oh, about this series. T- I'm t- just talking t- about t- this series. Oh, I f- yeah. I will cry. We forget about the series past, Reed. We're on to this series. It's, it's funny because that play, Cody Bellinger looked like he sent that thing <laughs> to guaranteed rate field. I think that's what Trace tweeted. Like, it looked like it was going to go out of the stadium, and it didn't even – didn't even get out of the ballpark. I say this with love and respect to Bally Sports. We're gonna need some terrible new, products. We're gonna need some new camera. Wow. We're gonna need some new camera operators because that ball was in the south side of Chicago, and it like didn't hit the warning track. Like that's how like it was horrible. Zach Freeze was next to me, but my my buddy Zach, and we're just like, I mean, this is this game's over. But Belly just did it again, and no, I mean, it was it stayed in the park. Obviously, that runner scored, but. Yeah, it's t- it's tough. It's tough watching the Valley broadcast. They Respectfully, did, they did the same thing with Morrell in the eighth inning. He looked yeah, like did. he 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 hit it four hundred and eighty feet. Well, that was partly it. his fault because he flipped the bat. Cody Bellinger pimped it too. They both pimped it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the Morrell one off the bat, the way he the swing, the way he dropped the bat, the way he walked out of the box. I was well. All right, we're tied. Nope. It is funny because I think Elliot asked me yesterday. He's like, which way's the wind blowing in? As if, like, that's just, like, common knowledge for Cubs fans to know. Maybe it is. Oh, it absolutely for, is. There's for, a Twitter account for it. Well, I don't, There's a Twitter account listen, for it. If I you guess, were a real Cubs fan, you would know which way the wind's blowing. Well, that's a fact. I did it. So here's the thing that I tell you guys all the time that I don't think you guys truly understand because you guys are in a community of fandom. I am on an island alone. I sit and watch the Cubs games by myself. I get to have a conversation with a Cubs fan about once every three months. I get, you know, I follow all the the, the, the Twitter people. I, I don't follow the Twitter account for for the wind, obviously. But I'm gonna, I'm, I'm literally just alone with my thoughts. Every thought that you have about the Cincinnati Reds, you get to bounce off it with somebody else, or you're hearing it from different opinions, and you're like, oh yeah, that could happen, that could happen, and then you're forming a new opinion based off what you hear from your friends. <laughs> me, me, I'm alone. It's just this guy, and it sucks sometimes because I know, feel out of the loop. I'm going to need a, uh, a statement from the at WrigleyWinsX.com account because <clears> they, haven't, they haven't tweeted in over a week. Oh, no. They've done every home game, and then oh no, now there's just radio silence. Collusion. Mm. There's collusion. So wait, there's not, there's not, they, they didn't even have the Twitter account for yesterday. They didn't even, they didn't even zeet something out yesterday. But you wouldn't even know that because you're a fake, you're a fake Cubs fan. I do know that now. So you're a fake Cubs fan, and you won't just cheer for the Reds. Why wouldn't you? Let's just cheer for the Reds. You could just say sorry and cheer for the Reds. What about? It's not too late to join the team. What about the way that I have presented myself today? The way I present myself on X.com? Typically, the way I present myself in life every day and have since I was six years old. 
makes you think that this is all fake, that this is all a facade, that this is all just some big ploy to stick it in the side of Reds fans. It's not. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because you got a tuft of hair up there, and nobody trusts a guy with a tuft. Nobody. So when you when I look at your tuft of hair, and it's just I, my eyes are just right on it. I know you're not a real Cubs fan. You don't even know what the wind's blowing. I mean, that's the whole shtick of Chicago. Like it's like it's literally like Colorado. It's just free runs everywhere because Wrigley controls the wind. Wrigley controls. It's the windy city. Correct. Wrigley Correct. controls the wind inside that stadium. Wrigley right. So what happens if the Reds sweep the Cubs? Do you? Do you at least? And the Cubs are eight back. Yeah, you got to cheer for somebody because at that point the Cubs are. Well, I cheer for the Bengals. It's pretty simple who I cheer for after that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you, you shift focus, you you move on, reprioritize. You know, I mean, they, they, I I always cheer for the Angels. I always like the Angels because I like when players are the greatest players of all time. So I just want the greatest mm. players to to get get their due. So Cub, my, Cubs and the Angels, you've had a lot of success in the last last few years. Two World Series. Two World Series since we've been alive. I don't. I didn't. I mean, I don't root for. I don't watch. Sit down and watch Matty V call games for the Angels. But yeah, I, I. I bet my friend every year that the Angels will make the postseason. And I. The running joke is I say double or nothing and have for about the last six years. So got that going mm. for me. There you go. I will say last night there was a point in that game when Ian Jabot, my guy, the the great godson of Queen Elizabeth, when he came in there, and man, he didn't look good. When he came in there, I thought I thought I was going to have to walk back. I thought today was going to be a really bad day. There was a point in yesterday's game where I thought today was going to be miserable. But it wasn't. Ian Jabot came through like he always does. Big Ian, that's my guy. Some say I look a lot like, like look a lot like him. I think I do. But, you know, Reds win, 6-5. When people tell you you look like Ian Jabot, does yeah. that make you feel good, bad? Like, no, it makes me feel horrible. Thanks for asking. But, I no, I think. I mean, you brought it up. Yeah, I did. But I'm just saying, you know. We're having a good time. Reds win. If the Reds win, if the Reds split the series, Reds and Cubs two and two. Yep, split the series. Back to four games. Are you feeling Cubs. good? Or are you feeling bad? I mean, at this point, that's that's two of the next three. That's that's seems okay. seems pretty nice. I mean, the the only other positive outcome would be that the the Cubs win the next three. So okay. yeah, if you lose game one and, and it's two and two, sure would 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 take that with would love that. Okay, I would say tonight's a good chance for Chicago to win. Probably the best chance they have. Right. A lot of a depleted bullpen by the Reds, and it's Ben Lively. Ben Lively, I, I, I like Ben Lively, but Ben Lively, I think, is going to get hit around tonight. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, ex- I'm very excited for Reeds and I, our, our, our outing at Wrigley Field. Will you have an Italian beef sandwich? No, I will not. You will not partake in Chicago I don't want any beef. Chicago beef. You guys can keep your beef. Keep it. I don't want it. I don't like the way you're saying beef. You take the beef in the stands. You <laughs> said beef. I don't want Chicago's beef. I don't want it. I don't, I don't like the way you're saying beef. Well, stop I, <laughs> stop waving your beef in front of my face. The Reds are going to win tomorrow. They're going to win this series. This is going to be easy. This is going to be easy. And I'm going to get to just drink Reed's tears the whole week long. <laughs> is this the last time the Reds and Cubs play this year? No. No. They, play, they play at home. The Cubs, they play at home. The Cubs come here. Labor Day. Oh, thank God. Labor Day. I'm going. I, I love free wins. Me and Sir Boy Wonder. Me and Sir Boy <laughs> Wonder. We're going to... Uh, What's it called? Handlebar. The handlebar. I made that. Made that. I also have a ticket already because one of the games got rained out. The game three from earlier this year. It does suck. I, I will continue to say it. It does suck. The new scheduling format that the Cubs only come to town twice a year now. But and that sucks for you guys because those are free wins, right, Elliot? Those are free wins. Do we have a bet placed if the Reds or Cubs win, 
when we go there? Yeah, what do you want? So I think that the winner should have to – or so the, lose, the losing person should have to get wet. I think they should jump in the Hamilton River. <laughs> so you're going to have me have another bet about jumping in the Great Miami River. Yeah, but I'll have, you'll have to live up to this one because I'm here. There was no accountability before I got here. So you'll be my accountability buddy. Yeah, and we're going to go to the Hamilton River, East Hamilton River, and we're going to jump in it. Are we gonna, where are we going to jump in? We're going to jump right right here, right between, the, right between the dam so that if we get swept under stream, we die? Yep. All right, sounds good. Yep. Cool. We got to swim across? No, that's silly. That's no one, that seems like we got to swim across. I, no, I'm not a very good swimmer. I could do it. I just don't want to. It's like two feet deep. You can walk across. Yeah. Well, it's up to you. So I think, do you agree to the bet? Sure. I'll jump in. Okay. All right. That's the bet. Right. Whoever wins Wednesday, the loser, Reed or I, will have to jump into the Hamilton River. This He's will be like two weeks later because I go on vacation next week. You'll be gone in Chicago for, for the rest of this week. But I'm in. We could just jump off the cruise ship. We could. Yes. That would be good. <laughs> did, did Paul? Did Paul tell me to go jump <laughs> in the ocean? Is that what Paul just told me to do? Paul. I just told you to just get in a lifeboat. Have Mariana throw you a lifeboat. Take a little swim. I'm down bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing it from. I get on X.com and I've got 80 notifications because people are tweeting me. I've got Elliot just. Did you see the video the, I sent you? Yeah, I saw the video you sent me, Elliot. That was and a good now, video. And now I've got Paul. Now I've got Paul telling me to go jump in the ocean. The Cubs lose. Just, just, just jump off the cruise ship right in the ocean. Golly, Paul, I thought we were closer than that. <laughs> Maybe just want to swim. Is Paul a bully? Yeah, he is. Paul's a bully. Yeah, he is, but, you know, I, I'm on Paul's side on this one, so unfortunately I'm, gonna, I'm just going to side with him. But he is a bully, but I'm on his side. So sometimes the bully does win. Drew Garrison apologized for the Stooge tweet. I think that's a great tweet. Listen, I love I love it. Uh, Z, my bad. Z, x.com. The thing is, is I still appreciate all of – all of the hate, I like it all. I'm just down bad, not because of the things that you guys are saying. You guys aren't, aren't making me feel bad. It's this team that lives five, that plays 500 miles away on the north side of Chicago that no one else I even like cares about. They just keep losing, and it sucks. It sucks. Great game by the bullpen last night. I'll tell you what. You talking about the Cubs bullpen or the Reds bullpen? Reds bullpen. Alexis Diaz looked about as sharp as I've ever seen him look. He did. He looked about as sharp. I had a little bit of hope, a little glimmer of hope to say, all right, he's been, he's been off a little bit, and he comes in, and he's peppering 88, 89-mile-an-hour sliders on the bottom half of the cor corner. Absolutely disgusting. Looked about as sharp. Looked well-rested. I was Everybody pitched great except for Jabot and Sims. Sims was, Sims was rough. Sims, every time he comes out, he walks at least a batter, Yesterday, he beamed a guy, the first batter of the inning. I don't know. There's something about Sims I don't trust. I, and again, I, it goes back to me saying, I don't trust this Reds bullpen. They can do whatever they do, and they've been doing it all season long. They've been consistently good the entire year. I don't trust them. When Fernando Cruz comes out there, I don't trust him. When Ian Jabot comes out there in a high-leverage situation, I think a run's going to be scored every single time. The only guy I trust is Diaz, and like Reed said, Reed actually tweeted out something last night. He slandered Diaz right before Diaz shoved it up his buttocks. I had to throw one jab out there just in case. Just in case the Reds or the Cubs came back. Buck Farmer pitched, I mean, two innings of good work. So, I no, I, I, 
I, I was satisfied with the Reds bullpen. The only issue, the only issue with this is Andrew Abbott was supposed to go six innings. He did not. Right, he got taken out very early. Bullpen's going to be looked bad today. He actually looked like he Abbott looked bad. He looked bad. His actually his strongest inning was the second inning where he gave up the home run to Dansby Swanson, then struck out the next three batters. Other than that, was missing the zone, missing his spots. It seemed, it seemed like he was pressing almost a little bit. It seemed like he was guiding the ball and not pitching as he has been. He's been so sharp. You know, you take out two starts, a start against the, the Milwaukee Brewers and the, and the start last night against the Chicago Cubs. His ERA is very low in the ones. Now it's well over two now. Still, it has been fantastic for the Reds this season, but he just didn't look sharp. It's nothing to worry about. Pitchers sometimes don't have their best performance. I mean, and, and Trace was on it yesterday. It just wasn't thrown over the plate. Like usually, I, right? He was guiding. It looked it looked like he was guiding the ball yeah. in the strike zone. You, you, if you've been a pitcher before, if, if you played a lot of baseball, you've you've heard this phrase like, "Stop guiding the ball. Just pitch. Just do it." You've Andrew Abbott has thrown so many pitches in in his life, and sometimes you get on the mound, it gets in your head a little bit that you got to throw strikes. You start missing behind. And you're like, "I don't have my best stuff today," so you start thinking about it a lot more, and you start guiding the ball. And that's what he looked like he was doing. It was it was nothing more. The the arm looked a little heavy. He'll be fine. But he just didn't look very sharp. And the bullpen came in and did what they have done pretty much all season long, and that is finish the game. I mean, six runs, getting three in the second and third, and that was all that the Reds needed for, for the rest of the ballgame. The thing that I thought about yesterday's game from both teams was, you know, I think someone tweeted me early when it was 6-4, to four, and they said, what's the final score of this game? Thinking it's going to be, you know, 10 to 11, 12 to 11. Because I know the Reds have played those games. But then those middle innings, and, and I hate this about baseball sometimes. I hated this when I played. I hated this watching it now is sometimes you get in the, the lull of the fourth, fifth, sixth inning. And you just give up at bats. And really, it seemed like both teams were doing it. Yeah. If you look at the box score, the fourth, fifth, and uh, yeah, the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings, no runs scored, not a whole lot of base runners. It was just kind of lackluster at bats, and I just, I don't understand how a game gets like that. Is it is it just the the momentum swing of you know all this high intensity early on in the ball game? The the Reds score six runs, the Cubs come back to to make it a, a two run ball game, and it's back and forth, and then all of a sudden, just a big lull, and you just can't give up at bats. You can't give up at-bats. It's hard to, It's hard not to do when you have 600 of them in a season, but you just can't give up at-bats in the middle half of the innings, especially in a division game. You know who's giving up at-bats? I was watching yesterday. Ellie De La Cruz is my guy. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. But his at-bats were the most disgusting at-bats I've seen all year. What are we doing swinging 3-0 at that pitch? It's one thing to swing at 3-0. I, 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 I don't hate swinging 3-0 at a fastball center cut for a hitter like that where yeah, if you run into yeah, one, you can yeah. hit it a long way. I don't hate it, but you can't be swinging 3-0 at that. His plate discipline was was really good to start. And I think for the first couple weeks, it was just he looked like a veteran MLB player. But I think as as the hype around him, as, as his confidence built, I think he kind of tapered off with the plate discipline. He just started trying to, you know, be a be a showman, right? And I think that's okay. I think that's part of that's part of the job when you're a professional athlete. You do have to entertain people. But you have to do your job at a high at a high level, and I don't think he did that yesterday. I think those at bats weren't competitive. He was swinging at utter trash. I mean, just like like ground balls. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. I, I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't be. But I'm concerned that him batting leadoff is doing this. I don't know. I still don't like the leadoff thing. I know Nick likes it. I know a lot of Reds fans still like it. 
But I, I, I would really like him to bat fourth or third. I, I, I think I don't, the, the I don't, leadoff thing is... I don't like him batting fourth or third in the fact that you can't have those at-bats with, with people. And I know he has the ability. I know he has the marquee. And we, we've seen it to where he could be, the what's the quote, the best player on the planet. He has that ability. So you want to see him get as many at-bats as possible. But it is undeniable that at the current moment, there are better options at the front half of that lineup. You, you, you can't have your leadoff guy swinging at the, the stuff that he swings at. You can't have a guy, and that, that's why I think Matt McClain at three-hole is fantastic. Every at-bat that he has is, is so put together. He's so fundamental. He's so great every time he steps in the batter's box that when there are runners in scoring position, you know you're going to get a good AB from MM9. Ellie De La Cruz, it, it, it's almost a coin flip at, at certain times where, it, I mean, he, he rockets a ball. He does. He just has so much ability, and he's going to be great. I truly believe he's going to be great, and he has been very, very good since he's come up. But there are some some issues in the things that we saw in his minor leagues, and he's shown them here in the majors, where the plate discipline just isn't quite there. And if there is one facet, one tool that any hitter, any player can have you want them to have great plate discipline because that carries on for years years that's why if you ask me right now if I could have any young player in major league baseball I'm taking Juan Soto and that's because what he's doing right now he can do when he's 37 years old you got decades of this Ellie's gonna be fine but I just you gotta wonder if you need to move him somewhere else in the lineup and I don't think moving him back to the three or four hole is the, is the greatest answer either I think a six spot would do him well for a couple ball games. I do want to point out real quick, I just got a text from Nick Kirby that if there is a big trade this afternoon, Nick and Trace are going to go live on Chatterbox Reds. Don't think they'll go live for, for every trade, it sounds like, but if there is something significant, there is going to be a Chatterbox Reds before the Reds game tonight, and then they'll have their regular show after the Reds for their post game, which had like almost 600. Was it over 600 last night? I've, at one point I checked in, it, they, were, they were at like 550, pushing 600. Yeah, I, I tuned in, and for, for the split second, there was, there was a lot of people tuned in. Yeah. A lot of people tuned in. I tuned out very quickly. Couldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, Reed, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't accept your apology. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really sorry. I come in here today, I was going to try to be nice. You started taking shots at me, and, I, and now it's just at a point where I just feel sad for you. So last night I, I was texting Reed, and you know I was just trying to make him feel better. I I, I sent our, our our personal text chat a video, and I just tried to make him. I just tried to cheer him up, and this is the video. <laughs> Reed. <laughs> the Cubs are terrible, man. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just sorry. The Cubs are a joke. Your city's a joke. Your franchise is a joke. <laughs> how old are you, Elliot? <laughs> don't be concerned with my age. I, how old are you? Don't be concerned. Don't be concerned. I don't know what shot you're gonna take at me. I don't want to. I don't want to fear it. I was just trying to make you feel better with that video. Did it make you feel better? Made me feel great. How old are you? I'm 24 years old. Do you think that's maybe a little too old to be hanging out in Clifton? That wasn't Clifton. It looked like Clifton. That wasn't Clifton. That was Harrison. I was at Bucketheads. Shout out Bucketheads. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's a great spot. That's Thank great you. Spot. Thank you. That turned on you yeah. quickly. <laughs> that was a quick one. Was, you lost that battle real quick. Yes, I did. I lose every battle. 
Every day, it seems like I'm just on a big old L streak, big old losing streak. That was a nice message you sent, Elliot. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for laughing at me. Thank you for making me feel great about myself. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. Ian Happ got an RBI last night. I'm always concerned when Ian Happ comes to play. He did get a sack fly. Shout out him. Shout out Happer. UC, UC guy. He's a Cincinnati guy. He cheers for the Reds. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got a juxtaposition because he, he's from Pittsburgh. And he went to UC. So anytime that he's playing into the division, seems like he's got some connection right there. Quick tangent about the Cubs. Say a Suzuki just looks really bad right now. He Did you see that playing right field? Yeah, I saw. I watched the whole game, brother. <laughs> oh, that was so bad. Yeah, wasn't good. Wasn't good. Was not good at, very, at all. He's he's struggling. He, I think we paid him seventy five million, and it just isn't. He he's playing okay. He's playing fine. He's a fine MLB player. It's just it's not what you expect him to be. It's not what you expect him to be. But luckily, there's three more games in this series. Justin Steele versus Ben Lively tonight. I assume Hayden Wesneski's pitching tomorrow. I know the, the Cubs haven't announced that one yet. Maybe with Jamison Talion. Um, Kyle Hendricks, I believe, is geared to start game four. So it'll be fun games. Man, it's going to stink that we're not going to see any of the good pitching, though. Yeah. Who's, who's pitching for the Reds tomorrow? I've got it right in front of me. It's uh, Brandon Williamson. Oh, yeah. Brandon Williamson's good. That's a good pitcher. Who do the Cubs have? I got to say, it's, it's Hayden, Hayden Wesneski. It's, it's listed as Drew Smiley. It is Drew Smiley. Oh, that's, that's good. what it's listed at. All right, a couple southpaws, lefty on lefty. All right. Tyen's uh, Thursday, and then Hendricks is the the first game against the the Braves. I assume. I it doesn't have it listed, but that's I would assume so. Yeah. Top of the Cubs lineup is no joke, except for Seiya Suzuki. So, I I I watched a little bit of Chatterbox Reds last night, and and Trace was actually saying some nice things about the Cubs. Do you think that the Cubs are a better team than the Brewers? Because like I said, X. you get on X.com, all the Reds fans constantly talk about is how bad the Brewers are. Do you think, and it's it's not shown to be proven by any stretch of the imagination, do you think that the Cubs are better, at least have a better roster on paper than the Milwaukee Brewers? The lineup's way better. The lineup's not even close. And I, I said yesterday, I'm going to stand by it, that if you, have a, if you have the better offense, you're going to have a chance to win more games. Opposed to having the better pitching staff, right? The Reds are ahead, or the, excuse me, the Cubs have a plus fifty-seven run differential right now. I think that would come into play big time in a postseason series. So yeah, I do think the Cubs are better than the Brewers. I don't, I don't want to say that, but it's true. I think the Brewers, the Brewers pitching staff has been incredible all year. They're dominant. The bullpen's dominant. The starters are dominant, and they're doing this. The starters are dominant without Brandon Woodruff, who's arguably their their ace. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the Cubs are better just because the offense is better. Cody Bellinger is, is, is putting up an unbelievable season. I think Nico Horner, a guy that nobody knows, nobody knows Nico Horner. What not are you a, talking about? Not a single person on X.com has ever tweeted anything about Nico Horner. What are you talking guy, about? That guy is pretty good. The, the Cubs have a lot of good players. I Nick, don't, Nico Horner had a higher war last year than Jonathan India has had in his career. And again, Jonathan India out here taking strays. Well, I'm they're playing second base. They're Jonathan second baseman. Jonathan India has plantar fasciitis, and you're taking shots at him. The guy can't walk, and you're just taking shots at him. Jonathan India is a great player. No, but Nico Horner is good. I think a lot of the Cubs lineup's pretty good. I, I I do. I think Ian Happ's phenomenal. Dansby Swanson phenomenal. Christopher Morrell has been very good. So no. Trey Mancini stinks. Nick Madrigal smell you later. Both yeah, those Nick guys. Madrigal's a joke. But Jimer, Candelario, bring it on. Can't wait to see him play. So, we've talked a lot over the past few days about who we want the Reds to get. You mentioned yesterday that the biggest thing that they can get in Kirby 
uh, you know, resonated some of these points is that the biggest thing that the Reds can get is a left-handed reliever to help bolster Alex Young. So when Alex Young comes in the game, you have another left-handed option later in the ball game or vice versa. Six hours or seven hours till the trade deadline. What would you like to see the Reds go and get, if anything, Elliot Rearing? Again, there's not a whole lot. I don't think, I mean, if, if you want to get nitpicky, I'd say a starting pitcher. But I don't know what kind of value, what, what kind of value the Reds have to offer. So I, as of right now, I, I, I'm pretty contempt. If you, wanted, if you wanted to get another reliever, I'm okay with that. If you wanted to get uh, another platoon guy, I'd be okay with that. But really, they, Nick Crawl did his job. He got a lefty reliever. So the issue I, the, or the concern I have is which reliever from the Reds' bullpen is going to go down if you get another one, right? So Daniel Duarte is first on the cut list. He's right. gone. Smell you later. That guy sucks, respectfully. Uh, after that, every, every other reliever in this bullpen has pitched, I mean, phenomenal, arguably all-star seasons, all of them. They're all, they're all almost sub-three. They're all near and around the sub-three mark. Uh, Alex Young's been awesome. Ian Jabot, as much as I hate the guy, as much as I don't trust him, I don't really hate him. I hate him as a sports fan. Uh, they've all been great. So I don't know who would be next up to cut. Fernando Cruz has been phenomenal, and we talked about it yesterday. We have two guys coming up, right? I mean, we have TJ Antone, whose stuff was some of the best in baseball, who could have been our closer had it not been for several big injuries, Right. So I don't know what's going to happen to the feng shui. I used that word yesterday, the feng shui of the bullpen. I don't know if the vibes are going to change or what's going to happen. I guess it's just next man up and you just got to be ready. But I'm excited to see the corresponding roster moves after this deadline, after 6 p.m. tonight. I, I, would you bet right now, if you have to bet, you have $5 on Bedford Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook known to man. Yep. If you were to bet right now, would you bet Nick Senzel and Kevin Newman are here past 6, 6 p.m. tonight? They're, they, they are, are on the their Reds contracts roster. are owned by the Reds or that they They're are going on the to be... Reds roster. They'll be playing tonight. Uh, tonight, I don't think they're going to get traded, if that answers, answers your question. Traded or cut? I think that they might. I don't think, I don't think they get traded. So, no, I don't. I, if, you, if you answer that, I think that they will be on the roster going forward. I thought the most interesting thing that Kirby alluded to is, is a major upgrade you know, maybe in that outfield, which would almost allude to the fact that a Jake Fraley, TJ Friedel, one of these names are going to have to go in that trade for a major, for a major upgrade. And like he said, like I said, I don't know what bats are available. I was so heavily invested as a Cubs fan. To, is Cody Bellinger going to go? And then once I figured out that the Reds or the Cubs are going to buy, I was looking at Candelario. He come in. I don't know what other bats are out there. I don't know what major bats that the the Reds could add to the outfield. But it is an interesting proposition to, you know, in, in the six weeks that we've been talking about, what starting pitcher are the Reds going to get to help their chances in the postseason? And now we're seven hours from the deadline, and we, we throw out a wrinkle and say, like, well, what if they get, what if they get a, an outfielder? What if they get an everyday player? What if they get somebody to help bolster the lineup, a lineup that's already been fantastic? That's interesting. And like Kirby said, like we have kind of said a few times, is – I think almost anything can happen at this point, and it's not going to surprise us. Because it seems like, except for the only certainty that I have for the Reds, is that major prospects aren't going anywhere. Yep. Ma major prospects aren't going anywhere. So any trade that, that would have to happen would have to be revolving around 
players that are already on the MLB roster and secondary prospects. That's the only certainty I know. I, s- I threw the name out yesterday. I think Brooks Raley from the Mets could still be a red. That would be another lefty reliever. I don't know if he would need another one, but that's another option. The two pitchers, Nick, Nick mentioned them, Ed Rod, Eduardo Rodriguez for the Tigers, and Michael Lorenz for the Tigers, they will be dealt today. They yeah, will not, they will be. They right. will not be on the Tigers roster come 6 p.m. tonight. So I, I do think the Reds could get one of those two guys. As a Reds fan who has dealt with Michael Lorenzen, I don't want Michael Lorenzen, but he had an all-star season, so I can't really knock him at this point. Ed Rod would be, Ed Rod would be fun. Four years of control with that guy. The issue with that is, like Reed said, you'd have to give up some top-tier prospect. You'd have to. It's, it's either that or – no, it is that. It, it's legitimately that. India's off, India's off the market. Correct. So at that point, I don't know who, would you, who, who, who you would give away, but he's a name I'm still kind of praying and hoping that the Reds are still in the market for. Verlander's not. I don't is, know, is, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Verlander's not available. Anybody who has the notion that Justin Verlander is going to be a Cincinnati Red, you, you guys are silly. Uh, that guy has $45 million owed to him. He's a 45-year-old pitcher. There's just no chance. He also has, he has, he has a no-trade clause. I have a hard time believing he, he waves that to be a Cincinnati Red. So, uh, I, Justin Verlander, you are not a Cincinnati Red. I hate to break it to uh, Cincinnati fans. But I, I do think there's hope. I think there might be one more, not big trade, but, but a trade that could help this roster going forward this season. I got I, – Paul? I was just going to say, if Jake Fraley got traded, Elliot, you would take the biggest victory lap on Twitter, maybe a no, person of all time. Jake Fraley is a close personal friend. Uh, I, I, you know, Jake Fraley has been such an important piece of this team. He's been the best hitter against right-handed pitching. Uh, RBIs, home runs, his power numbers, clutch hitting. Jake Fraley's clutch hitting is the best on the team. I, I, I firmly believe that. I don't think there's, with the game on the line, and it's a right-handed pitcher, I want Jake Fraley at the plate. I really do. I really do. It's either him or McLean at this point. So I would not take a victory lap, but I would say to people that if you're, if you're hoping for a big trade at this deadline, he's the only name on the roster at this point that has value and you're willing to trade, that has both of those things. He is the only person. I know people don't like me saying to trade Jake Fraley, and I'm not saying to do it. I'm saying that's what you'd have to do to get the splash that you'd want. You saw him get tied up in the Ivy yesterday, and you just you just wrote him off. You said, "I don't want this guy to be a Cincinnati Red any longer." I, when did I say that? When did when have I said that? I listen. I'm more mad at Wrigley than anybody. Having a brick wall, and then you just grill a glue in little leaves up there and try to make an art. I baseball's not baseball's not like that. You put a pad up there. You let guys run into it. That's what happens. You can climb it. You can't climb Ivy. You can't do it. It's terrible. I, I, and now you put me on a tangent against Chicago again. That's what you've done. You don't like Chicago. No, I don't. I don't. I didn't do anything. I just said you don't like when Jake Fraley runs into the wall. I don't like, I don't like my guys getting hurt out there by bricks. He's fine. He's fine. Just be smart. We, both teams play with the field. And then they have the thing where if the ball goes under the ivy, it's just a ground rule double because baseball doesn't matter. See, that would be a ground rule double. But it's terrible. That's right. That would be a ground rule double. But it's te- the, the, not an automatic the, double. Right? Not an automatic not double, Not an automatic Paul. double. I told Paul a long time ago that the, the phrase ground rule double when a ball bounces and goes over the wall is actually technically incorrect. And I, I, I keep bringing this up. It's kind of like when the person, you're at, a, you're at a sleepover and it's past 12 and someone's like, it's actually tomorrow. It's kind of that thing. 
it still counts when you when you, when you hit it when you say a ground rule double. Everyone knows what you're talking about. But by the letter of the law, it is an automatic double because that's a rule of baseball, not a ground rule for a specific stadium. Now, a ball getting lost in the ivy, that would be a ground rule double. Yeah, and this is why nobody likes Cubs fans, that whole tangent that Reed just went on. Reed, do you think there's any team that's a buyer that hasn't bought yet in the MLB? Uh, I, was trying, I was trying to think of this. I don't, the Orioles haven't bought anybody yet, right? Would it surprise you at all? No, I well, they, they were the mystery team that I think that was just linked to the Justin okay. Verlander. I think that's someone in the chat brought Mike that up. Mike Elias is pretty famous for saying he's going to do a lot of things and then not doing things. So I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't, but they have been pretty heavily rumored in the last 36 hours to be in on a bunch of dudes, especially Verlander. I feel like my timeline all morning has just been Orioles, Verlander, Orioles, Verlander. Per sources, per sources of who I can't name, I believe he they are gonna, they are the lead contender for one of the Detroit pitchers, for either Ed Rod or Michael Lorenzen, per mm. sources. You got sources. I have sources. Good for you, Elliot. He's got, he's got sources. You know, you asked me who I think is going to be most likely to buy that hasn't bought already. A crazy name. They're not in great contention, but the Padres, if the Padres bought something, they're playing decent ball right now. If they bought something, we're, we're talking about a team with multiple Hall of Famers. And they are, I'm looking at the standings right now. They are what? Eight and a half out of the NL West. And eight and a half out of the NL West. That's what the Cubs are going to be, eight out of the Central after Thursday. Look the at the Padres are five out from the wild card. They have a plus 62 run differential. Yeah, For they're like the Cubs. <laughs> they, they, should be, they should be good. I don't know why they're not. They lost last night in brutal fashion. I had respons a responsible amount of money on them on Bedford Sportsbook, the rated sportsbook known to man. But yeah, I, I don't know if the Padres buy. I do think that they're. I think I saw a report either this morning or last night. They're ruling off trades for Josh Hader. They're they're keeping all their guys, so they won't be selling at this deadline. Could they buy? I don't know. I would think if they're doing that, you also have to risk basically the collapse of either Arizona or San Francisco. One of those teams has to fall in order for the Padres. If they believe that. Then I think they will buy. I mean, they're five games out from the wild card. There they are. There's, there's really a. I don't think the Mets are are really, really in it. They're six games back. How serious are the Cubs from a wild card berth? I don't know. All these things are, are are just mystifying. It just seems like there's a lot there in the wild card standings because you know the Braves are going to win the East. Cubs three and a half back from the wild card. Right. So you know the Braves are going to win the East. And you know the West is going to get one wildcard team at the very minimum. I, yeah, I just, the Padres, they, they, they've got too much talent to where they've, they've either got to trade it off or they've got to buy. Like, they, they can't sit on, they just can't sit and just wait for nothing to happen. They've got to do something. But it just doesn't seem likely that they can, they can really make a, a good stride at getting back in this thing. Do you think Miami does something? Miami's a team that had Yuri Perez their best pitcher this season. They sent him down due to, an in, due to an innings limit. This is a name that Reed has thrown at me. The Marlins are good. The Marlins are good. If they don't buy at this deadline, they're, I'm going to done chain them. They're done. They're done. Right now, they're in a tie for the, the final wild card spot with the Brewers uh, in Arizona. I think Miami is the team out. I don't think Miami makes the postseason this year unless they do something drastic. They get a pitcher uh, or a bat to help their team. Yeah, I just I don't understand the the hate that you have for the Marlins because well they're not good. Yeah, okay. I mean Yuri Perez has only thrown fifty three innings. 
and he was very sharp in those in those 53 innings. I mean, Luzardio has I think uh like he's like top 5 in ERA in the in the National League. Sandy was the Cy Young a season ago, and then the other two arms that they have are, are throwing fine and on top of that, you got a guy that's chasing 400, you got a guy that is chasing 40 home runs in Jorge Soler. You've got th- th- their team's good. I, th- I th- their team is is more similar to the Reds than you than you than you, you than you know. You can't be cons- you can't be a serious contender in the postseason if you're sending down one of your best pitchers doing an inning. If 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 the Reds sent down Andrew Abbott today for an innings limit, the city of Cincinnati would revolt. I would revolt because you're not committed to winning at that point. Am I wrong or am I right? I think it's it's the same thing. It it it's almost the exact same argument as not trading prospects right now because you don't want to compete this year. It, it's it's the exact same argument. You're worried more. You're you're looking at the future. You're saying I don't want to mortgage what we have in the future for going after it right now. It, it it's it's the exact same thing. Sitting Yuri Perez down is holding on to prospects at the trade deadline because you don't want to go get a player that can help your team right now. There's, That's the difference. It's there's the exact a di- same thing. I think there's a difference between buying at the, at the deadline, right, the than, only- than selling at the deadline. Yuri Perez being sent down is essentially selling at the deadline. You're essentially giving up. It's what the Orioles did last season, right? I, I, I think it's very similar to that. I, I think there is a difference between not buying and, and, and sending a guy down. If the Reds, if the Reds stayed stagnant and they didn't move, right? If they didn't get a reliever, I'd be okay with that. They're not quitting on the year; they're just not buying for the future. If they sell Yuri Perez, if, if the Reds were to, if the Reds were to bring down Andrew Abbott, you would be selling, tanking the season. It's, hold, it's holding doing. on to prospects. That's all it is. It's hold, it, it, It's making sure that nothing happens to this guy that you think is going to be a major piece of the franchise going forward for the success of right now. That's all. It, it's it's the the only the only difference that the Marlins have of of sending Yuri Perez down to to watch his arm and make sure that he can pitch for the Marlins in the future and not trading Novella Marte is the fact that Yuri Perez has actually had success in the major leagues. So you you know that you you got something there. That's the only difference. That's fair. I have a tweet for you guys. Sling it, and then we'll do a ham and egg. Yep. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this person's name. I apologize. On the morning of July 7th, 24 days ago, the Brewers were two games behind the Reds for first place in the NL Central. During that 24-day span, the Brewers went 7-2 and two head-to-head against the Reds. They have gained just a half a game in that time. And built in there was a four-game All-Star break. So 20 days where they actually played games, the Brewers went 7-2, and two against the Reds and only gained a half a game. That's crazy. Listen, the the Reds have had one bugaboo in their side this entire season. They've beat pretty much every team that they played except for the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm not even going to throw the Pittsburgh Pirates because that happened back in April before all these guys came up. When they play the Pirates again, I can assure you it will be a different story than 2-5 and five or whatever they are currently. The Reds are very, very good. They've got so much young talent. They've got such an energy about themselves right now. And on top of that, the the one weak part of the team was you thought the starting rotation, and since the All-Star break, it's been fantastic. Now they're adding on to the team. This team can not only win the division with the roster they currently have. They don't need to add anything else. 
they can be a serious threat to, to practically any team that they play in the postseason. Besides the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are too good. But any other team, they might not be favored going into that series. But have the Reds shown you anything other than the ability to beat every team they play? Not name the Milwaukee Brewers or the Atlanta Braves. Really good. Ham and Eggers. Let's go. Take it away. It's that time of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. All right. This show is brought to you by Encore Technologies. And Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and... First word of the day on the show, productivity. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That was the first thing I said today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you can visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. There is also a new premium alkaline water out. Uh, it is Pawnee. We love it. I'm so in the habit of saying new that I, I said I wasn't going to say new anymore because it's not new anymore. We've, they've been sponsors of us for about a year. Um, and we love them. Pawnee Water, they're made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. They use natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. And the result is what we like to say is the best tasting water in the world. You can visit their website at pawneewater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy it. Drink Pawnee Water, get your coffee from UDF, bet with Bedford, and get your technology solutions from Encore. Those are our ads. Uh, we thank each and every one of our sponsors. Thanks to everybody that's been watching Chatterbox Reds. Had over 600 people in the chat last night. And uh, it's the number 28 baseball podcast in the entire country on Apple right now. So leave a rating and a review on this. Leave one on uh, Chatterbox Reds. And Tom will be back a week from today. Yep, Tom will be back next Wednesday. As we mentioned uh, yesterday... Um, me and Elliot won't be on the show for the next couple days. Um, we got to go to Chicago. We leave first thing in the morning, and we're going to have that trip. We'll, we'll, we'll throw out some Zeets, and we'll go on X.com and document at least us being at the game, maybe some other things we do in Chicago. So Casey and Paul will be on the set for the next couple days. And coming into next week, I will be gone. I'll be on vacation. I'll be on a cruise. But uh, Elliot should be back sometime early next week. Um, after he gets back from that trip and Chicago, um, you guys excited yeah. to host the show by yourself? Yeah. So we got we got Elliot's boy Zach Fries, our blogger, one of our bloggers. Uh, he'll be on the show with us tomorrow, and then Tracy Jones will be on Thursday, and then I'm gonna try and pull some strings for Friday. But Casey, Casey will be on the mic, and then Monday too. Uh, so we got we got four shows of just Casey and I. Yep. We doing Mac on the mic this week? Yeah, we're doing Mac on the mic. Casey is going to host a show this Friday? It's, it's up to you. I think it's Friday. Well, that's up to you because I already told you that I plan on having a, a show where you do not need to worry at all. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. Okay. Let's say maybe Friday. I love right. this. I love it. I'm excited. To, I'm excited for it. Casey, I got to – I gotta. so I get in here today into the office and, and Casey stumbles in. And he looks at me, just just goes, are you okay? It's just a baseball game, Reed. Are you okay? 
And I'm fine. Not really. But I am fine. Casey, I, I, I respect you checking in on me. It was, it was a lot more sympathetic than, than Elliot laughing at me. Well, there was just uh, the, this whole morning, it just uh, was very quiet. <laughs> there was not a whole lot of chatter going on. I know most of us were probably just waiting for the start of the show to just, you know, talk about this game. But, I mean, I'm more concerned about what happens now moving forward. I mean, this is just the first game of this series. Yes, Casey. If if the <laughs> get him, Casey. <laughs> yes, Casey. Get him. Series. Brady, you're just Casey. I got a I got a small little heart. Got a, got my poor little heart. Can't take another like if the Cubs lose with on Justin Steele night. I, luckily, I'm not going to be on the show tomorrow, but I do have to be in a car with six hours with Elliot, so I'm sure he'll let me hear it. Hey, we might toss you guys a VMix link. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll... I might toss you a VMix link. And if, if the Reds win tonight, let's make sure that, that, you know, Reed drives the leg of the show where it's like, you know, 10 to 11 Eastern time, and we, and we, sauce, we sauce a link over there to Elliot. We'll get you guys in from the car. We've done, we've done that, that before. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll All do right. that. We'll do that. But if the Cubs the win road. tonight... Elliot, I, you're forget about away. it. Yeah, forget about it. I'm concerned for Reed. I, I'm going to turn off the shtick for a second. I, you know, I, I come in here with a lot of shticks. I come in here it with a lot It is no of, shtick Wednesday. I come in, well, it's Tuesday, but oh, good shoot. try. Tomorrow's Wednesday. I, yeah, your days are all – man, it's, it's just tough watching Reed right now. He doesn't know what day it is. Uh, he's just in a, in, a, in a depression, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry for him. I, I'm, I'm, I want him to feel better. But as the show has gone on, I just, I've, I've seen the smile. I've seen his glimmer just go away. And I don't want that. That's Reed's my guy. Reed is my. I will go to war for Reed Mouse, Mouse and the Zebra together. We'll be in the car all day tomorrow, and I don't want to have to t spend six hours just making fun of the Cubs nonstop. I don't want that to happen. Will it happen? Yeah, I think it will. But I don't want it to. I don't want to see you mad. I don't want to see you sad. But you're going to be. I don't know how this show was without me here to hold you accountable for the Cubs' mistakes. But now that I'm here, it's almost like... It's almost like there's no chance of happiness for you when the Cubs play the Reds. There's none. Because the Reds are better, and the Cubs went all in at the deadline, and they're just... They're losers, and they're sad. And I don't want it to be that way, but it has to be that way. So we'll see. We're, we have a fun trip. We have a fun trip for tomorrow. I, I want Reed to feel good. I want Reed to feel good. Let's make Reed feel good. We'll four-game sweep them, we'll eliminate them, and then we'll get some ice cream afterwards. Reed, how about some ice cream? Ice cream? Sure. Ice cream sounds nice, Elliot. Sounds real nice. Okay. Mouse and zebra go to war. How many wars do you think a mouse and a zebra could win? Zero. Yeah, I agree. Not a lot of wars, one. Not, not, a, not a whole lot. Reed rethinking this road trip. Absolutely, I am. Make Reed feel bad. Already do. Already do. Oh, man. I actually had a great zeet from somebody tweeted me. Uh, Christian Mullins at the Uncle Bingo tweeted me 26 minutes ago and said, how's crow tasting? Chuckles? Question <laughs> mark. Called me chuckles. Love that. From the from the tweet, dear Reds fans, you guys need to lower your expectations. Glad I sent that one out. That one's aging beautifully. Just aging beautifully, beautifully, beautifully. By the way, John Morosi, update on Justin Verlander. Astros, Dodgers, Braves, Orioles all involved. It's unlikely the Orioles will get them. But the Braves have now entered the conversation. This is what I was concerned about yesterday. If the Braves or Dodgers get them, I'd be pretty upset. Eduardo Rodriguez is now favored to go to the Dodgers. 
favored to go to the Dodgers. Dodgers are heavily in on Eduardo Rodriguez. I've got a blog that i got to read after the show. It's the only thing that I can think can zap me back into life. It is from Cubs blog, Bleacher Nation. It says, of course the, the Cubs are right to be buyers. I need to read that. That's the only thing that's going to keep me alive right at this very moment. Uh, Sir Boy Wonder, what happened? Uh, so you're watching the show, and now you're just going to tweet me? You can just get in the chat, Sir Boy. What are we doing? What are we doing? I, I've been informed that Sir Boy actually tweeted that news before I said it just then. Sir Boy, I apologize. I credit Sir Boy. Mr. Moe, Reed, you're taking this as hard as I take OSU games. Well, the difference is, is Ohio State loses about 10 times every decade. And the Cubs have lost four times in a row against the lowly Cincinnati Reds. I'm fine. I'm fine. Just a lot, lot going on. A lot going on. Got to get a lot done before we leave for Chicago tomorrow, before I go on my cruise later this week. There's just a lot to happen. A lot to happen. A lot of stress. A lot of stress in the office. I'm going to try to make Reed feel better. Reed, by the way, Reed is being a hero tomorrow. Reed is, it's my first, we do, we do some events here at Chatterbox, and Reed's going to walk me through my very first one tomorrow. Reed's taking time. He's driving to Chicago with me, and then he's flying straight to a cruise. He's flying straight to a boat. I'm okay. actually flying to do another event back, back, back here in town on Thursday. Are you really? Oh, yeah. Reed, this, is, this is the hardest working man in media. I yeah. mean, you look, at, you look around media, you look at guys around the city, and Reed's just the hardest working one. And that's no shtick. This is, this is my boss. This is my leader. One of my bosses. Reed Mouse. Do you want a slow clap? No. Okay. No. But I thank Reed for his service. Ben Lively has to go six innings tonight. I don't think he's going six innings. If Inside baseball on Betford Sportsbook, I'd bet on, I'm betting on Ian Happ, Cody Bellinger, each to hit uh, a home run. Is that a hedge of the heart? Yeah, it is. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, but I think, I think Lively's due for a little bit of regression. I, Lively's been pitching phenomenal baseball. I think it's, he's due to regress tonight. Justin Steele, I'm concerned about facing Justin Steele. I expect a high strikeout game for him. Reds have been swinging and missing left and right. Uh, I expect I, If I were to bet, I'd bet on the Cubs just to hedge my heart. I wish I'd have done that last night. But I think it'll be close. Would have made it feel a little bit better. Yeah, would have. Would have made it feel a little bit Plus better. Plus money, too, that Vegas still doesn't respect the Reds. I got in the shower this morning. And I'm fancy, so I have a, a Bluetooth uh, shower fan in the in the bathroom. I'm fancy like that. Installed it myself. Did the electric work. I'm just a handy man. I got in there, and I played a song from Steve Goodman about the Chicago Cubs. And it's not the one that you're thinking of, Go Cubs Go, because that is for wins. I sat in the shower in despair, and I played a song called A Dying Cubs Fan's Last Request. And I've played it for Elliot before. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's essentially about a guy who's dying that wants to have his funeral at Wrigley Field, which is how I want to go. And it, it, it made me feel a lot worse. Made me feel a lot worse. Shower made me feel better. But it's okay. It's okay. Casey, is Joe Burrow going to be all right for game one? Yes. Yes. That makes me feel better. I needed that. I needed that. He's already walking around. He's walking around? Yes. No limp? No limp. So no, no scooter so, either. No scooter. So Paul was justified in laughing at us. Look, I wasn't he, laughing he, at he, anybody. He, he is not justified because he laughed while breaking the news. That's that's the whole problem of this whole situation. You can't laugh at breaking can't the news. Can't laugh. Can't laugh. Absolutely can't no laugh. No laughing. Straight face. No laugh. No laughs. I thought you were a big league this Paul. Up. You no, gotta have no a laughs. straight, straight. Tell it to me straight. That's right. I did. I thought I was shooting it to you straight, and then I kind of cracked a smile, and then things just went real quick downhill from there. So it goes.
By the way, Hunter Green starting his rehab assignment today. So that's a good Yeah, Saul Kirby put that in there. That's huge. Good news. So that means what? Like about a two-week? That's, that's yep. probably three starts. Three starts in minor leagues. Yep. And then, then he'll be back up, ready to go. God, he is so important for, for the Reds going forward. And if the Reds do get a starting pitcher, I mean, this is a revamped team. This is a team, you know, we're, we're talking about the Reds, and I try to give them a lot of props and try to give them just props that they their lineup is top tier. Their bullpen is is great. I mean, you get to Alexis Diaz, and that game's pretty much shut down. And and even before that, it's fantastic. It, it's just the starting pitching isn't always consistent. It has been pretty good as of late. In a in a time where the Brewers are adding on, in a time where the Cubs are adding on, it still feels like the Reds are the team to beat here in the Central. And any addition that they make makes them all the better. Makes them all the better. And if they have a formidable starting rotation heading into the final six, seven weeks of this season. Man, oh man, look out for the rest of the National League Central. I don't think I don't think it'll be close. I believe back in June, maybe not on this show, but I, I remember hearing a, a a Reds media person talking about him and said, if you want a hot take about the Cincinnati Reds, this was right after they got the division lead. They'll never give up the division lead again. That obviously didn't come true. They, they gave it up a couple of times. But is it outlandish to think now a game and a half up over the Brewers? Brewers on a very weak 10-game stretch or at least nine-game stretch. They lost the Nationals yesterday. I don't think it's absurd to think that the Reds don't give back the division lead for the rest of the year. They don't play the Brewers again, the team that seemingly is their kryptonite. So who knows? We could be seeing... From trade deadline to postseason, the Reds in first place. I think that might even be the most likely scenario. But it starts tonight. Ben Lively, Justin Steele. 805 start. It really is a shame that they're not playing a single day game at Wrigley. I love it. Doesn't make any sense. I love Doesn't it. make any sense. It's really good for the team. Actually, I was watching um, Bally Sports last night, and so I'm so used to watching Marquee and watching the Cubs that I was actually shocked, like legitimately could not believe that they didn't play the seventh inning stretch on Bally Sports. I was like, come on. That's, that's <laughs> the best part. It's the best part. They lose so much, so at least they get a at least they get a sing together. But it's the best 30 minutes in sports or in sports television. It is Tracy Jones. Tracy, how you doing? Good, good. Where's Wally Pip? What happened to him? Uh, I mean, he's I on, mean Tom Brenneman. Where is he? he? He's on vacation. He'll be back next Wednesday. So um, we'll have, you'll have the ham and eggers for a couple more of these segments, but he'll be back next Thursday for it. That's all right. I love you boys. Hey, listen, I got something. You remember when I gave you the, um, the Reds need pitching, of course, trading deadline, I think is six o'clock tonight. Do I have that right? Correct. Correct. And six I threw out the, I threw out the name Trevor Bauer, which people say screw up the chemistry and trying to get him from Japan. I don't even know if that's a possibility, but I thought it was a pretty good suggestion. I have a better one than that. You ready for this, Reed? You're going to like this because you're a big baseball guy. Okay. Sling ready? Away. Here's a player, a pitcher that they could have right now. It wouldn't cost them anything. Not young player, nothing. They don't have to trade for him. And that's Rhett Lauder, the $6 million man who they just signed the seventh overall pick, I think out of Wake Forest. Have you taken a look at his numbers, Reed? So you want Rhett Lauder to come up, Mike Leakett, and come straight to the majors during a playoff hunt. Why not? 
He got good stuff. I mean, I watched him pitch. I mean, he, he I think he led the country in strikeouts. He doesn't walk any any uh, hitters. And you brought up Mike Leake. Mike Leake did it out of Arizona State. The best, and I just a side story on Mike Leake, the best high school pitcher that I ever saw was Mike Leake's older brother, Taka. Taka really? could really, really pitch. He had a great curveball changeup. He was fabulous. He got hurt, never made it. But uh, Taka was a great, great pitcher. Not as, not as good, you know, didn't have the changeup that Mike Leake had, but Taka, what a pitcher. I remember when Mike Leake was drafted by the Reds, uh, me and my dad were talking about the the pick and, you know, we're listening to, to sports talk and everything like that. And some people were saying that Mike Leake, he was drafted the same draft class as Steven Strasburg when Steven Strasburg was mm -hmm. taken number one. He was said that yep. Mike Leake could be better than Steven Strasburg. Obviously wasn't the case. Mike Leake had a, had a great career, but he wasn't Steven Strasburg. If I recall, they were teammates too. And when they were in youth, I think Mike Leake was Steven Strasburg's pitcher. Oh. And but, made him cry, right? I think Mike Leake made Strasburg cry or something. There was uh, some story, but they were both very good, Reed. They were both on the same team. Uh, Strasburg went to University of San Diego, mm -hmm. was not drafted at all it, out of high school. Then he went number one player picked three years later. Isn't that crazy how a guy can crazy. progress like that, right? I mean, I could see if a guy goes in the 10th round in, out of high school, and then, you know, turns down the money and, and wants to get an education. But he wasn't even drafted. And Strasburg had a pretty good career, but so did Mike Lee. So it's yeah. just something. Do you like that idea? Do you like it? I think that still, I, I still hold that the best arms that can come to the Reds are already, they already belong. It's not Rhett Louder. It is Hunter Green when he comes back. He's making his minor league uh rehab start tonight so he's got a yeah. couple starts and come back nick lodolo tj antone these are three arms these are three major impact arms that if before this season you asked who the three best arms that the reds had those would be in the short list of five those three yeah. guys and now they can come back in august and september during a playoff hunt and immediately right. affect the team i'm just i'm always just kind of amazed how these guys get paid six million dollars like louder did and still has to, they have to work through the minors. It doesn't make any sense. He pitched college baseball. They used to say, if you could play in you know, college baseball, high-end college baseball like this, it's kind of like double A. I, I disagree, it's more like high A ball. Mm -hmm. But that guy dominated in college. He's got great stuff. He had great stuff in college, he'd have great stuff in the big leagues, I think. Yeah, see when you pay him all that money. Sure, and I think one of the, the big things that why the Reds drafted him, at least what was said about him after he was taken, was that he was the most MLB-ready arm. If, I think that's right, right? And yeah. here we are talking about him coming up for the final two months. That's not going to happen, but it is an interesting right. thought. And, and who knows? We might see Rhett Louder towards the back end of next season. You know, he's got to get a couple starts in the minor leagues. You don't want to rush him that quickly, but, man, wouldn't that be something? And he needs to cut his hair. That hair's out of control. What is with these man buns? Can you imagine Casey with a man bun? How I can imagine look? Tracy Jones with a man bun. You're telling me those luscious blonde locks never got tied up in a man bun? You know what? I used to have a mullet. I used to have a mullet, and I had like did like the Brian Bosworth where I cut into my hair. Mm -hmm. It was very cool. I was very edgy back in those days. But yeah, not this man bun. The guys have really long hair. That would never fly with Mark Schott as your owner. She'd, she'd make you cut that, huh? Oh, she'd make it. She, she would make you 
cut your hair. You couldn't wear jewelry. You had to wear your socks up. That organization was so strict on everything. Remember last week we were talking about being fined and I said not wearing yeah, underwear yeah, was yeah. like $2 in socks. You know what else I got fined for? One-handed oh catches. One-handed. One-handed catch? Every time you'd catch it one hand? $5. And you were $5. making $2. And you were making $200. $2 take home every two weeks. And the guy who fined me was not my manager, but it was Dick Wagner who was there checking out the minor leagues. And he saw me in right field catch one-handed, told the manager to find him, find that guy $5. And he was out there the next day. I did the same thing. No but fine. you know what? You can—that's that, being a jerk. I know. But you know what? When you're when you're playing well, you can do just about anything. No doubt about it. Push it a little bit. Who was when you paid these fines? This wasn't like a kangaroo court thing, was it? Like it was it was directly from the organization. Like the organization would take money out of your paycheck. Yeah. Uh, no, you had to give it. That's a good question. You had to give it to the manager. Okay. That that's okay. what you had that's to do. Right. So that's right. uh, it was a little tough back then. Just on a, on the trade, I think the Reds getting that pitcher from the A's. I think mm -hmm. it's a good pickup. I mean, he's a left-hander, right? They only had one left-hander. Uh, right hand, left-handers hit 173 against them. Uh, I think it's a, you can't have too many left-handers down in that bullpen. Yeah, Tracy, we were talking. You know, you, you give a unique perspective because you used to be in a clubhouse, and I know things are a lot different today as they were back then. I mean, we, we have Twitter.com and all these things, the, the constant 24 news cycle. But how aware of trades like trade rumors, I obviously wasn't around back in back in the late 80s. How aware were players of, you know, potential trades and the rumors back when you played? Like when you, you know, I always kid around I always kid around and say a lot of teams wanted me, right? Because I played for right. five major five teams. teams. But if I could be serious for a moment when you're traded, there's a lot of anxiety there. And it would really upset me because first of all, I love Cincinnati and I love playing there. So then I got traded to Montreal. Well, I like the guys in Montreal, very cool guys. And then I got traded the Giants, hated San Francisco, then went to the Tigers or Tigers Giants and then the Mariners. So every time I got traded, I just like, you were just like a cast off. You know, it, you're just like you're not wanted. Reed, let me give you an example. How would you feel? Let's say uh, Trace comes to you, our CEO, and said, uh, Reed, you've been traded to WXIB in West Virginia. Pack up the family or you're moving to West Virginia. That would hurt a little bit, right? Because you like it in Cincinnati. So that's well, kind of what you do as a player. And you feel like you're going to get traded. The manager doesn't really talk to you as much. And there's just like a distance and every June, I'd get traded. It was just really, really tough. A lot of anxiety. Did it feel like a bad breakup? Like every time he just, you just kind of, you're sitting around, it's July, and you're like, man, the manager's not talking to me a whole lot. Am I going to get gone here in the next few weeks? Am I, am I going to be uh, traded? It was so brutal because you had about two hours to pack, and then they'd fly you out there. And every time you're traded, you're in that lineup the next day. Watch this. When a player is traded, a position ball player, mm -hmm. he's always in the lineup the next day. So one time in San Francisco when I was traded to, uh, to the Tigers from the Giants, I flew all night, all night from the West Coast. We had a day ball game, a Sunday day game. Sparky had me batting third and playing left field. He said, Trace, you good to go? I said, yeah, Sparky, I'm good to go. 
First pitch I ever saw in the American League, second deck. But that's it was downhill really? after that. Yeah, it was kind of a it was very cool. It was off Jim Abbott. You remember Jim Abbott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was off arm. Jim Abbott. It was a hanging curveball. But it's just, just it's just tough to travel and then play. When you were coming up in the league, did you ever get starstruck? Like when you're coming up and you know you're the rookie and, and you're playing on the Reds with uh, Pete was still on the was the manager at the time and you know you, you get traded and you go to Seattle you go to Tigers where you know you're you're, fa- you're playing with all these players. Do you ever get starstruck? You're even playing against some guy. You you, you hit against Nolan Ryan. Did you ever get yeah. starstruck as a player? A little a little bit. I did with Griffey because he was such a fabulous player and I remember playing against him in spring training mm-hmm. uh, and thought he was such a great player. And then to be in the lineup playing left field and Griffey is in center field, probably the greatest player of all time. That was thrilling to sit there and work out weights after a game with Nolan Ryan and Nolan Ryan turned to me and says, you know, if the Reds don't want you, we'd love to have you trace things like that. Michael Schmidt, you know, my, Mike Schmidt, Mike Schmidt right? from Dayton. Yep. Such a cool guy. Always took time to talk to me. If, if you know how the players run out, you know, you're running down the lines and you meet in center field, he'd always, you know, say, how you doing, Trace? Everything okay? I'd say, yeah. But he was just, he was the ultimate big league baseball player. In fact, when I was, when I was traded, when I was with the Giants, Mike Schmidt was playing third base at Candlestick Park. And he came over. He said, Trace, how you doing? I said, geez, look at my average. I said, I'm not even hitting 200. I said, my legs are shot. I says, I just, just really struggling. I said, how are you doing, Mike? He says, well, as a matter of fact, I'm going to San Diego and retire. Really? I said, what? Yeah. And, and I think you, you can check that. But he said, he says, I've had it. I've had a wall. He says, I, I'm going to go to San Diego because they were on the road mm-hmm. and I'm going to retire. And he ended up going to San Diego and retiring. I think Mike Schmidt, for, for kids my age, people my age, they, they don't truly appreciate how good Mike Schmidt was. I remember my dad telling me a story. I don't know if he heard it, you know, read it in a newspaper, if it's mm. just a rumor about Mike Schmidt. And it was, he had a bad ball game one time and would go 0 for 4, or he didn't do it a whole lot, but maybe went over 4 with 3 Ks. And in the hotel room, he'd set up a tee and get a bucket of balls and would hit balls into the wall. And then would just give the the hotel a, a blank check and said, "Sorry, sorry about the damage I did." I have no clue if that's true. I just remember my dad telling me that story as a kid. And you're just like, "Oh man, Mike Schmidt's the man." He, you know, just beats up a hotel room, gives him a blank check, and that's why he hit 548 home runs and was a yeah. three-time MVP. Yeah, that that would be a tough visual for me. I mean, Mike Schmidt could always go to the ballpark early or stay late because I know he was a hard worker. But I mm-hmm. I don't know of any player that actually hit off a tee in one Once of the rooms in- at the hotel. Yeah, I think your dad's just telling stories. He's making hey, up stuff. I guarantee he did. I, how would my dad know, know that story? All right, yeah. so uh, one other question I have is, you you know, when you were coming up and you played on some good teams at the Reds, you know, they finished in second place in the West, uh, I think your first two years, and, and then the Mariners or the I believe the Giants were, were pretty good, but I, you might have gotten trade midseason for that. Yeah. Is there a different vibe when you come to the ballpark and the teams, you know, competing for a pennant, it doesn't so much feel like a job. Like you, you know, you're, you're getting in there, you're, you're checking the standings, you're, you're, you're ready to play, or is it just the same business as usual when you show up to the ballpark, despite whether or not you're, you're in a playoff chase? 
No, the players are a lot different in different organizations. And you kind of take on, I don't know if this is answering your question, mm -hmm. but you kind of take on the personality of the manager. Like with Pete Rose, it was very on edge, right? We were running the streets, going to my favorite places, strip bars. Sure. But if sure. when I got traded to Detroit, I mean, they were really strict. You had to wear a sports coat when, it, when you were on the road. And then he, Sparky didn't put up with anything. You, you, you know, you were just supposed to be very professional, kind of like the way they were in Montreal. So you just kind of, and think about this, forget about me. Think about the Mets when they had Davey Johnson right. uh, as the manager. I mean, that was a wild group too. But coming into the locker room, it is so strange to see players that you play against and you're thinking, I got to start new relationships. I mean, it, it isn't that easy and it doesn't make you feel good. And then you go against, I'll tell you a player I had a little trouble with was Jeffrey Leonard. You remember Hackman? Played for, no, I don't. Uh, San, he played for San Francisco, played for Seattle. He was a really good player, and I ended up really liking him. But I went to, to Seattle, and I kind of took his place out in the outfield, and he really resented that. And I don't think, you know, it kind of caused a little friction. Of course, a very good ball player. Right. Um, but you kind of put guys, when you, when you have the new guy, think about the outfielders, you kind of move down the totem pole, right, because you're there mm -hmm. to play. So it's just kind of an adjustment walking into a locker room. It's it's not the best feeling. Again, anxiety. Right, right. It, and I like I like how there's like a, a budding rivalry as if you guys are the ones making the lineup every day. It's like I'm just here to play. Like if I play, I got I got to play over you. Sorry about that. I don't I don't have I don't make the lineups every day. Yeah, and just the personality of the team. When I was traded to uh, the Mariners, and the manager was Jimmy Lefevre. And I one time did an interview when I was doing extra innings with Jimmy Lefevre. And he says, you know, Trace, you know how we, why we traded for you? Because our team was too nice. And we needed someone to kind of shake it up a little bit. Kind of like, a goon, in, uh, like a goon in hockey. So that's when I got into that big fight and things kind of stirred up. But we had so many nice guys. We had, well, Griffey was very, mm -hmm. he's a nice guy. But Harold Reynolds, Alvin Davis. The only one that was really edgy was Randy Johnson. Other than that, it was just a bunch of nice guys, good players. And that team was the first Mariner team that finished above 500 in the history of the organization. Really? Did not know that? Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. You know, when, when they tell you that you got to have a little bit of edge to you, do, did you take that to heart? Is that why you started the fight? You're like, all right, I got to I gotta rile these guys up? No, no, I, no, no, I, didn't, no, I didn't do you that. You weren't actually but, a goon. But yeah, I was. I was a good goon. But when the guy just zeroes in after Jay Buhner hits a home run and Griffey hits a home run, and then I come up and he just hits me in the back. And he, his name was Bob Sebra. He died, I think, last year, which is kind of sad because he's a young guy. But he said that he purposely hit me. He said that he had been struggling pitching-wise and said, what the hell? And he put one right in my back and never made it back to the big leagues. That was it. Really? Really? Yeah. All right, Tracy, I've got a question. You know, you, you gave Paul some advice with uh, the Taylor Swift concert. You gave Casey some advice with his wedding. I've got, for the first time, I'm going to be leaving the country next month or next week. And okay. I'm, going, going? I'm going on a cruise. Okay. I'm going on a cruise. And I have you ever been on a cruise? What should I expect, if anything? Like, I, I don't know what to expect going on a cruise. Okay, bring your passport. Okay. Make sure that you Don't. get the excursions before you get uh, get on the uh, boat. Make sure you get the drink package because it gets more expensive on the boat. 
That answers um, a question. What what is? Excuse me, because I don't. Is this a carnival? <laughs> <laughs> it is a carnival cruise, Tracy. I knew you were going to ask that. Yes, it's carnival. See, I was on one carnival cruise. First of all, I don't like carnival cruise. It was a lousy trip, and I don't like to party with kids. I like to be around adults, not kids. And a lot of times, those carnival cruise lines, they have a bunch of kids. Yes. And it's a, it's, you know, but. All due respect, it's good for a ham and egger like you guys. Polly would be good going there, and Elliot. All you guys would fit in there. It's just not one that I would. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. On a cruise line, I don't. I don't like them. More Norwegian. Should I. What uh? What excursions should I do? Should I go snorkeling? Should I? Should I go scuba? Like all any of these excursions? Have you ever done an excursion? What? 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 Oh, what I should do, I do? I, I always do the excursions. I love to do the horseback. I like to do the jet ski. I like to snorkel. Uh, I, just a quick story. I was snorkeling in, I forget, it was some Bora Bora. Mm -hmm. And my fin fell off. You know, they give you fins to swim, you know, when you're snorkeling. Right, right. Well, I can't swim. I can, I can swim if I have the fins, right? Because I got good leg strength and I keep myself going. Well, that fin fell off. And I started to sink and I, I screamed out to my wife. I said, I need some help or I'm going down. And <laughs> she came and it came and I kind of hooked onto her and got me to the boat, but you really, and this is the point why I bring this up. You've got to be really careful on those excursions. Okay. Cause it's, it's a little loosey goosey. So just don't take it for granted. Be careful. Be careful. Anytime you travel outside the United States. It sounds like you're a seasoned vet with these cruises, Tracy. It sounds like you've been on a couple. I actually, we're going to Mallorca next year. We're going to Spain. Oh, really? So, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's going to be very, very nice. It's yeah. a little, little high-end. A little well, high-end. More high-end than Carnival? Isn't Carnival the top tier, top of the class? <laughs> Carnival's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> It is it's, horrible, but you'll have a good time. This is your first cruise? It is my first cruise. Five days. Stopping in Nassau, Grand Turks, and then Carnival's Private Island. Okay, that's very nice. You're going to great places. And, of course, the food is just dead average. I think you can pay up and get better meals. Are you familiar with that? Uh, you can you can pay for a meal once you're on. Like They have the, the food that comes with the cruise. But then you can go and, and you know, sit somewhere else and, and pay for a meal if you wanted to. You know what, Reed? The buffet is perfect for you. You know, they'll, they'll have meatloaf and chicken and all that. So that's good enough for you. You don't need to spend any extra money. Right. I'm just a Hamiltucky boy. I don't, I'm not, I don't, it doesn't take a lot to please me, Tracy. I just, I just need a couple, couple of Biller High Lives, a couple Bush Lights and, and some fried chicken and I'm, I'm ready to roll. That's all I You need. guys, you guys have no idea. I grew up on a 1200 square foot home with one bathroom and I, I didn't have Jack as a kid. But Nothing. from California. I was a brokey. I was a brokey. And, and so now I just, I appreciate things a lot more. But I worked hard for where I'm at. I mean, I, I bust my ass. My wife's retiring at uh, the end of this year. She's got an incredible retirement. But we put in a lot of hard work. And that's what you guys need to do. I know I know your age group are a bunch of slackers. You mm -hmm. got to put into some work, though. You got to work hard. Hey, well, if, if you want to – I know you work hard, Tracy. If you want to relax, 
You can just hop on the cruise. It's five day. I know you like Carnival so much. You can just you just come on. We'll just have a little vacation together. No, I did I did that Carnival cruise. We went with a bunch of people and a bunch of kids. And I remember there was kind of like an altercation there. Uh, and the, it was just the group of people that go there. Um, if you can imagine a bunch of Paul and, and Casey's walking right. around that. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Not not guys like like us who you know you you grew up in Hawthorne. I grew up in Hamilton. We we, we come from nothing. We, we we made it to the top. You know, Hawthorne's a lot like Hamilton, really. If you, if you I can almost I can almost promise that it's not. There's no way, Tracy. California being the same as Hamilton, Ohio. I like Hamilton. I like the city. I like I like where Chatterbox is located. I think it's great downtown. I hey, really like it. You and I both. You and I both. All right, Tracy, I won't hold you for too much longer. Um, thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Reds still have, uh, what, five more, six more hours. They can still make a trade. I don't five, think they will, though. Five more hours. They, I, I said that they'll be probably linked to a couple of different names throughout the day. I don't know if they'll make a big splash. It seems like they, they got the one thing that they already needed, which was a bullpen arm. Um, anything else at this point is, is just gravy on top. So, but that Rhett Louder, I really think it's. A, I mean, I know it's throwing things. I know it's mm -hmm. thinking about outside the box. But think about Mike Leake and what he did out of Arizona State. But I tell you, you guys really missed it. His brother Taka was awesome, better than older, Mike Leake. Taka older Leake or was younger? unbelievable. Yeah, great. Was he older, oh, he was or younger? Older. Oh, older. Older. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go look up some take a leak highlights when I when I get off this show. All right, see you, Tracy. Uh, these guys right, will have the boys. show on Thursday, so I'll see you. All right, see you on Thursday. See you, boys. See you, Tracy. All right, we got about what five and a half hours, or right around six hours till the trade deadline. Still no news. I, I during that interview, there was no news, no Reds linked well, to anybody. It was not for the Reds. No Reds news, but it was revealed that the Padres were the mystery team on Verlander. So Reed was correct. Reed, you can take a victory lap if you'd like. The oh, Padres are buyers, and they will be looking to get Justin Verlander. Man, I just that 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 joke flew over my head, didn't it? What joke? Take a leak. Yeah, it did. Not good. Um, Not good. You're down I, bad. You're I, down bad. I, I got I got something here because I've been trying to find a a cherry on top for the last few minutes. Um, thought I had one, and I realized I didn't. I somebody made a point. I think it was you, Elliot, about two months ago, and I've really started to notice it. I'm sick of seeing disaster on X.com, like people just straight up dying, or like 1,000 ways to die, or crazy internet clips, or all yeah, these I accounts. I don't get. I don't get that. Oh my goodness, it's all over. Do you get it? Yeah, it's nonstop. It's terrible. It's, it's nonstop. Elon, Elon's done, done a lot of things wrong. Uh, letting people post like death clips on Twitter might be the number one. Because it's when you go to the for you, it's when you go to the for you tab, Correct. which is usually what I do when I'm trying to find a cherry on top is go in there, see if there's anything suggested, anything maybe I've missed, whatever. And it's just constant. If it's not sports news that's suggested for me, it's something crazy. I only do following. I never get on the for you. Tab. Oh, I, I never do following. I only do for oh, you. Oh, I've got to see. I got to see the chronological. I've got to. I've got to see that. Really? Oh yeah. I respect it. When I get on for you, it, it it's like from like three days ago. Like really? all the tweets I see are like from three days ago. 
Interesting. I yeah, I always do. I've always done for you. But interesting. Uh, I got a cherry on top. We're still regarding Elon. The big X. I don't know. This went viral on Twitter. Uh, the big X on Twitter HQ that was lighting up. It looked like it was like a, a like the sun shining on an apartment building. Uh, the city of San Francisco has told Elon to remove it. So the X on Twitter HQ is no longer there. How about that, Elon? Just Elon, when Elon, is Twitter.com not going to send you to, to X.com? Elon, yeah, that's a good question. So Elon came in here on, on good old Twitter.com. What, what is his obsession with the letter X? I mean, SpaceX, Tesla X, X.com. I don't he named his kid X. What's what's the deal? What What is his plan here? What's, 10? I don't like, Is it a 10 thing? Or yeah, like, like I don't know. No, I think it's just letters. I think he just likes letters. He likes the, the letters that nobody else likes. It's Well, I, I don't like how the, the app is black now. So it looks just like you mentioned it, like Be Real. I don't have Be Real, but it looks like my TikTok app. Like it's it every every app's black now. Yeah, I so, get I get notifications all day on, on Twitter and it's or X.com now. And it's X or Be Real or TikTok. And I don't know which notification I'm getting. It's brutal. I will say the the jury is still out. I Trace Trace supports Elon Musk tooth and nail. The jury's still out on how this whole X.com is gonna gonna shape out. We 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 can't put a we can't firmly say that it that it's gonna be terrible. I'm telling it, it's leaning that it's not going good. It's it's leaning that it's a much worse product now than it was when when Elon I, took over. I don't think you can argue Reed that it's not worse now than it was when he took over. But I. I'm willing to hope that he at least has some kind of a plan because right now it's, it right, looks right. like right now it looks like he doesn't even have a plan. That's right? what that's what I'm saying is like it's there's without a doubt it is worse than it was. Yeah, but the jury's still out. Like you can't you can't you can't say like it's gonna be the the, the long end of it. It's gonna it's gonna be terrible or anything like that. We, we just I gotta mean, wait and see. The verified things where the the verified replies automatically are at the top, so you have to actually scroll through all these crazy replies to get or all these bots and crazy takes and everything on Twitter to finally get to the people that you want to read underneath somebody's zeet. Oh, this is, yeah. But, hey, maybe maybe he's got some master plan or something that we haven't seen yet. One thing that I never want to see go off of X.com, and it, and it will, is when you get on, I, I, I want it to always ask me, what is happening? Exclamation point, question mark. I like that for some reason. That feels like Twitter.com. It feels like X.com. So in the long run, when it is X, I still want it to ask me what is happening right before you make a tweet. I need that. I need that. It doesn't feel very welcoming anymore. Like there was the – it was always kind of a cesspool, but right. it was our cesspool. We had fun with it. We had our friends on there. We had our takes. Everybody got their takes off. Now it feels very, feels very dark. It feels very gloomy. You know, the, the, the Twitter, the blue, the light blue, the bird, it was a little, it felt more welcoming. Now it's just, it feels dark and gloomy. And you know what I thought? I thought the X thing was a, uh, I thought it was kind of like a brand plug. I thought it was something that was going to be a one day marketing tactic on a pitch. Because that's what they did with the rate limited and everything else. And it lasted eight hours. Nope. Mary, Mariana asked me, she said, what's, what is X.com? And I was like, it's Twitter. She's like, this isn't like a bit. This isn't, she isn't like, this isn't a joke. Like this is real. And I was like, I, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they changed the headquarters. I mean, it seems if it was a joke, they're going a long way with it. They're taking it all the way to the end, but oh, well, all right. Well, do we have a cherry on top? No cherry on top. Nothing. 
Stay off. Uh, of, no. Stay off the for you page because yeah, I'm just gonna stay see off death, of for you. Just go to following. All right. Well, I we'll, we'll do that. I'll do that. Fair enough. All right, guys. This has been off the bench. Good job, Reed. Presented job. by United Dairy Farmers. Sorry to bring the energy today. I'm a little down. Down. Enjoy a little your back. cruise. Enjoy down your cruise, back. Reed. We'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, I'll be I'll be back uh, next Friday. Well, I won't be on the show, but I'll be back in back in Hamilton next Friday. So see you guys in a little bit. It'll be. Long time. Good luck to the Reds tonight. Hopefully they get a couple more additions to the team and really make a real swing at this thing. Make the postseason. All right. See you guys tomorrow.